Hey guys, brand new podcast. And before we start, I want to let you know that my buddy Steve Renazizi is out in Edinburgh. If you are at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival this year, Steve Renazizi is doing his own one-man show. It is, it is, I've seen portions of it. It's about his experience with uh, with 9-11 and, uh, and, and getting caught lying about it by the New York Times. I've seen portions of it, and it's fucking phenomenal. You're going to love it. So go support Steve Renazizi. Check it out. I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, this is a good podcast this week. Guys, the power of the internet is strong. That's right. I'm with Eli from Freewater. Uh, we talk about... It's, about, it's primarily about how to start a business, how to start a, an apparel business, a clothing business, a business in general. Um, obviously, if you don't know, I was obsessed starting with 2000, in 2013, 2014 with a pair of flip-flops I bought. They were my favorite flip-flops I ever bought. They were the men's Freewater Dylan size 12 flip-flops. I have four pair. I've been harassing them online since 2014, and they finally caught wind of it. And uh, hit me up, and they're like, yo, we'd love to meet. We met. Uh, I met with Eli, and we talked about the possibility of bringing this flip-flop back. We And then we, I'm more importantly, I said, let's just not, let's just t- do a podcast. We'll talk on a podcast. We'll figure things out on a podcast. <clears throat> and so that is the podcast you're hearing. Uh, Eli is one of the founding, he's a head of marketing, uh, the VP of marketing over at Freewater, but he's one of the founding members. Him and three guys, I think, started it. We, we talk all about that. If you've ever thought about starting a business, a clothing line, an apparel line, a flip-flop, a shoe, anything. And by the way, I always think the listeners of this podcast would always find that interesting because I find that interesting. Yeah, it's really interesting. Because I have a ton of of ideas. And I wonder, how hard is it to jumpstart that and become a millionaire like like Sarah Blakely from Spanx? I'm obsessed with this podcast, How I Built This. Mm -hmm. Sarah Blakely from Spanx. Went to Florida State. She was a tri-delt when I was there. Um, I don't know if i knew her i don't i don't my memory's not that good um but i know everyone i was in college with knew her right i listened to her podcast and hearing from my opinion someone that started in life the same way i did just went to florida state they weren't like they weren't trust fund kids right their parents weren't apparel mag ma- magnets yeah she just, just a regular her product just a regular chick uh-huh who, who was in Atlanta doing like medical supply sales or whatever. Yep. Selling copiers, I think, what she was doing. Yeah, I think something, yeah. And she came up with an idea, and she had that idea. Her story was so fascinating to me that I find stories like Eli's amazing. The idea that he is in surf shops around the world, that his flip-flops, his design, how he got into it. We talk about design school. We talk about... The inception of the business, we talk about where he worked before he worked over at O'Neill. You hear all about that. But more importantly, we talk about what is our future together. That's awesome. And so I don't know what's going to happen. We haven't, we, you'll, you'll hear in the podcast, judge for yourself what you think is going to happen. My first goal is to bring back these flip-flops. But now I, I, we did a post. I posted it online yesterday. We have been... I have all their fucking flip-flops. Yeah, you pretty much have the entire inventory. I have every flip-flop they've ever put out because I go to my surf shop and I've always been trying to refine this men's Dylan flip-flop. It's such a great flip-flop. He talks about why they discontinued the Dylan. He talks about what makes a flip-flop successful. By the way, if you grew up in Florida, you're going to love this fucking podcast. Yeah. If you grew up near a beach and you're a flip-flop person like myself. Why? If you're Hawaiian, 
You're not going to. I think they call them slippers. They do? I think in Hawaii huh. they call them. Slippers? slippers. I don't know. Slippers. I only know that from Joe Coy's Instagram. But um, you're going to love this podcast. It's a great podcast. For all you young entrepreneurs out there, anyone who, by the way, you don't need to be young. Eli's my age and he's running a company like this. So hopefully me and him will do something together. Hopefully it'll be in time for, I mean, we talk about a timeline. If we were to do something, hopefully it all works out. And if it doesn't, I'm cool. I feel like, I feel like, I feel like, I feel like my journey has come full circle with this company. Yeah. I reached out. They came back to me. We did a podcast for my business model. That's all I really need. Yeah. But if I could do something more with this company, I would do that in a heartbeat. I I really do believe in these guys and I love their flip-flops. I do check out free water flip-flops online. The dude is the one that I'm wearing the most right now because I've blown out all my men's Dylan's. I still wear them, but they like, you'll, he'll tell you, I have flattened them. I have a new pair of men's Dylan's that I that I didn't know were men's Dylan's, but I he's wrong about it. You think I, so? Yeah, I think he is. Yeah, yeah, he probably doesn't know much about his own inventory or company. Probably not. Yeah, but the dude is a great flip flop. Uh, and then he gave me the trifecta. One of my uh, one of the listeners on the, from the podcast and and a, fr- a friend of mine. Um, you can find him at Unbreakable Journey. He's got a really amazing story. He is he was paralyzed by a freak accident, uh, neck injury neck surgery they they fucked up his drip and paralyzed him from the waist down and he has been struggling for the past two years to uh get mobility back and it's he's an ex-marine he's a fucking badass lives out in arizona he's in hawaii this weekend with his family and he hit me up when i posted about the trifecta which is a flip-flop that has a top brace that i thought was bullshit personally and then i put on and i was like oh this fucking works this is like you, this is no need for, uh, t- he ended up buying a pair and he's taking them to Hawaii. And he said, one of the things I didn't want to have to be the guy in Hawaii, you know, I know I'm walking around with a crutch and a walker at times, but I didn't want to be the guy in Hawaii. I had to wear shoes to the beach yeah. and now I get to wear flip-flops. So thank Eli. That's awesome. Yeah. And so, uh, and so it was, it's, it's, it's really fucking badass. That's cool. So you're going to love today's podcast. Um, I think that's it. I mean, I have tour dates. Go to burtburtburt.com. Body Shots World Tour starts is one month away. One month away we start this tour. That's right. All through North America. Um, And and it's going to be a fucking blast. I can't wait. We got the tour bus back. Notes from the doctor. We're healthy. We got to lose weight. And we're ready to party for the fucking Body Shots World Tour. By the way, I'll only be partying. I'm not sure about Sober October. Although I know we are doing it. I don't know what the... I know we're doing it. I don't know what the challenge is going to be. So in October, you will get... A spry, sober bird on stage, ready to... F- I'll still hang out at bars late night, only I'll be drinking soda water. And hold me to that, motherfuckers. Watch me work out. I'm ready for Sober October this year. Today's podcast is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Hiring can be challenging. There's only one place we can go. We're hiring simple, fast, and smart. A place where growing businesses connect to qualified candidates. That is ZipRecruiter.com slash BertCast. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one, spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site Within the first day. And right now, 
my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash BirdCast. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash BirdCast. That's Z-I-P-R-E-C-R-U-I-T-E-R.com slash B-E-R-T-C-A-S-T. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. This podcast is also brought to you by Blue Apron. Blue motherfucking apron <laughs> has been a sponsor of ours since we started taking sponsors. They, I hope to have them for my entire life because Blue Apron has brought our family closer. Last night, we had a Blue Apron together and we talked about our summer uh, vacations. We yep. sat down and we said, hey, what was your far- favorite part of the summer? And it was, and, and it's, and I'm, not joking, it's because of Blue Apron that our family sits and has dinner together and a family that cooks together stays together. I absolutely love Blue Apron with our fucking schedule. is yeah. a little chaotic. It's amazing during school because then I don't even have to think about what I'm cooking for two nights. Literally, Leanne will walk into the living room and go, I got two Blue Aprons. Yeah. What do you guys think? We've got uh, the steak one you made the other day. So With good. the salad. Yep. You know, it may it introduces you to new things to put on your menus for when you cook by yourself. That was a top that was a sirloin, correct? Yeah. Yes, it was a sirloin. And it was so freaking tender. It was really it good. It was out of this world. Blue Apron's menus are carefully designed and tested by their test kitchen chefs. Their test kitchen use unique specialty ingredients to bring chef quality recipes to your dinner table. If you're unfamiliar with Blue Apron, they're the number one meal delivery service in the world. They send fresh ingredients to your front door with a menu that is deli- designed by this chef and you can cook them within 30 minutes. Never, I've never spent more than 30 minutes cooking a meal. Not to mention they're inexpensive. Every meal per person is under $10. You are not finding that in the grocery store. I can absolutely guarantee you right now, check out their summer menu and try their custom favorite burger recipes with Beyond Burger. They've matched with Beyond Burger? Yeah. Dude, I've heard about this plant-based burger. I've heard about it. Now I'm going to try it. Yeah. I cannot fucking wait. Like I said, they supply the recipes. You do the cooking. The results are with the Beyond Burger. Truly beyond amazing. Beyond. To start making delicious, bragworthy meals at home without hassle, try Blue Apron. Check out this week's menu and get $60 off when you visit blueapron.com slash BurtCast. That's Blue Apron. Dot com slash BurtCast. Blue Apron. A better way to cook, a better way to live, and a better way to spend time with your family, in my opinion. Agreed. Thank you to all my sponsors. We will have a couple mid-reads in here, mid-roll reads in here. So thank you in advance for all of you for listening to the podcast, for sharing the podcast. Check out uh, Two Bears, One Cave coming next week. Me and Tommy, this is another good one. Thank you for all your creative edits. Thank you for everyone who shared uh, the picture of my testicles. I put online yesterday. Whitney Cummings got uh, got uh, body shame. I don't know what it's called. Oh, she was getting uh, uh, blackmailed, blackmailed by these punks online uh, because she had accidentally posted a picture of her nipple. And so Whitney just posted it and said, "Fuck you! I won't do that. You're not going to embarrass me about my body." Good for her. And so then I was like, "Fuck you! I, I got I got your back too, Whitney." So I posted a picture of my balls when I had blown out a testicle from falling on a water slide. The problem is I posted it with I stand with Whitney because I stand with Whitney Cummings. I was unaware that at the same day, uh, everyone was standing with Whitney Houston. Because it's her birthday. 
So it was her birthday. I didn't know that. I'm being serious when I say I didn't know that. I'm not aware of when Whitney Houston's birthday is. And uh, it went viral because all the women who stand with Whitney Houston checked out the link. And the first thing they saw were my testicles. So bad. And it was, there was, and like, you know, they don't read what it is. They just saw the testicles and they were cold because they were shriveled up. They were cold. And there was this huge lump on them because I had fallen. And man, I got a lot of I got a lot of messages from black women yesterday. I bet you did. Oh, it was I gotta be honest with you, it was worth it because the good ones were fucking hilarious. I bet. You should read some of them. I, I one of them was awesome. This black woman was like, uh, I came here because I thought this is about I stand with Whitney Houston, and it turns out it's about some punks body shaming a woman, and now some man's put his testicles on the on the internet and i stand with that whitney too (laughs) (laughs) i love positive body it was awesome it was awesome i thought i was gonna get in a lot of trouble but it was great and so thank you for everyone who retweeted that liked it and commented the comments were hilarious the memes were fucking hilarious they were really the memes were killing me they were funny and that's what the internet should be is just fucking fun and if i gotta put a pair of blown out testicles on there to make it fun again (laughs) then that's my job so be it so be it Body Shots World Tour starts September 12th in San Francisco, then LA, then San Diego, then Arizona. Goes on until November 23rd. Today's podcast. I've been harassing this company for five years. They make the best flip-flops in the game, in my opinion. As a 46-year-old man who's been wearing flip-flops since I was a child, these are the best flip-flops I've ever owned. I implore you to go to freewaters.com and check out their inventory. Check out the trifecta if you're looking for the one with the loop across the toss, if you're looking for a more active flip-flop. More importantly, the dude is a very comfortable flip-flop. It is more of a summer flip-flop, and their leather flip-flops are out of this fucking world. I love this company. I am very proud to have them on my podcast, and hopefully we will bring back the men's Dylan flip-flop. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Eli from Free Waters. This is Dreams come true, everybody. If you work hard enough, if you believe in something, dreams come true. <sighs> I'm sitting with Eli. What's going on, Barry? One of the owners of Free Water. <laughs> free is it just free water well technically there's an s on the end Here, grab the mic and make sure it's close to your yeah 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 free waters yes oh because you give away free waters correct and we actually had a debate about that in the beginning really should it be free water or free waters but in the end it's like a pair of free waters right so a pair right? can i tell you can i we tell were you trying the, to be somewhat grammatically correct what the funny the funniest thing was is uh jaime feel free to ask halston whatever you need um when i worked at travel channel I did it right then. It doesn't even sound right. When we first war- started, it was called, I would call it the Travel Channel. I would say, I work at the Travel Channel. And people would go, and the Travel Channel would go, hey, it's Travel Channel. Just say Travel Channel. Right. And I was like, it's, but it's the Travel Channel. And they go, no, it's not. Do you say, do you say the CBS? And I go, no. And they're like, exactly, it's right. CBS. Right. So, <laughs> but it's interesting. How did you come up? Did, did you come up with the name or the concept first? Uh, it was definitely kind of morphing simultaneously and overlapping, but I have to give credit to my wife because we had three original 
partners, myself, my buddy Martin, and our first investor. Yeah. So there were three of us that were kind of building this thing. And I had come up with three waters. And my wife was I like, like cool. I kind of like it. It's hard to say. It's kind of hard off the tongue. Three waters. Yeah. And doesn't really tell me anything about how I should feel, you know, or, and she's like, right off the cuff, how about free waters? And I was like, oh. I like and it. it. And yeah. And we had already been talking about the water part of it. So we wanted waters in there and free waters. And yeah. That's Do you wear stuff. brand new flip flops every day? Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> that's part of the fucking like, beauty of a flip flop right? you want a broken in. Dude, I had a very long conversation at Val Surf with the guys that worked there yesterday, breaking down flip flops, breaking. For those of you that don't know, the reason that Eli is here is. Uh, I'll, t- I'll tell you ex- the exact date. The first time I tweeted this company, uh, watch this. Uh, Bert. By the way, I love how I sat down and the podcast was already going. This is fantastic. Yeah, it's better that way, I think, because then you don't think about branding or how to, how, like, and it's, it's less presentable. Free, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to type in uh, Dylan. The first time I talked about it, you got it? August 31st, 2014. I say this without any endorsement fee. This is five years ago. This is fantastic. I was not aware of this. Freewater shoes are the best flip-flops I've ever owned in my entire life. And then Jonathan Hayden writes, are they better than Reef? I love my Reefs. I've owned three or four pairs so far. And I write, best flip-flops I've ever owned. And I've owned them all. (laughs) I went back and forth replying to people. I was just that big of a believer in this company. I, I've, I've always been. I was sold to you by the guys that worked at Free at uh, at Valsurf. Yeah, they told me told me about your company, what your initiative was, but more importantly, they were saying these are the most comfortable flip flops we've ever owned. Now you got to trust a guy that works at a surf shop. Yeah, some people that- don't give a fuck. You go to some surf shops. There's surf shops in Clearwater, Florida that I've been to. And I've and I've brought free waters up, and they've said, "Oh yeah," and you can tell it's just someone who just doesn't give a fuck. Right. Yeah, we carry uh, Olakai and uh, and Reef. That's it. Yeah, and you're like, oh, well, have you, who does your buying? I I don't even know. Yep. And that's frustrating. Don't work at a first surf shop. I know, and and it's funny with sandals because we talk about this all the time that sandals are kind of assumed to be like vending machines, self service. Yeah, it's not like shoes where you need the guy that's got to go to the back and pull your size and measure your foot. So funny, they are self service. They're self service. So so yeah. often you walk into the sandal section and guess what? Crickets. You cannot find an employee if your life depended on it. They're like, oh, that person just wandered in the sandal section. They're good. Yeah, <laughs> it's so funny. That's it's, it's it, any other part can help you with something. Yep. But you go to back to flip flops and everyone's like, everyone's like, oh, they're fine. Yeah. And what's funny is a company like, and we'll, we'll, I'll break down what I like and dislike in all these flip-flop companies. But when you go to, say, Rainbow, which I was a big Rainbow guy for a long time, a big Rainbow guy. And I, I'd come out to L.A. and I couldn't find people that sold Rainbows. Yeah. I found one surf shop in Venice Beach that sold Rainbows. And then you go out and, and they have XL, they have small, medium, large, XL, double XL. Yeah. And you're like, I'm sorry. So you're just, <laughs> is this communist Russia? Are you telling me I, 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 it's either big or tight on me? And I am right in between a double XL. A double XL looks like a fucking, looks like a scuba flipper on me. Yeah. And an XL is too tight around my the bridge of my shirt. I love a good size. How much money do you think you lose in sizing flip-flops? 
it's one of the hardest aspects of the business. Really? It really is because everybody's foot is slightly different. No yeah. two, you know, no, no two feet are the same. So many, nine times out of 10, when I try to fit people, if I go into a store or if they come to the office and I try to fit them, they're in between. Even because it's industry standard not to do half sizes in sandals, which is nice because yeah. as a company, man, it's so hard carrying all these sizes of all these styles, yeah. right? So at least in shoes, you have to have half sizes. But because sandals are an op- what we call open footwear, they're a little more flexible on fit. If you're hanging off a little wider, coming off the back, a little yeah. short, it's okay. It's a flip-flop. So you don't need half sizes. But I swear nine times out of 10 that I try to fit someone properly, they're right in between. I'm, I am in between a 12 and a 13. Yeah. On some free waters, I buy 12. Yeah. And on some, I buy 13. And, and I noticed that a 13 after a couple weeks is a little looser on me. A twelve, I can I can grow in. I can yeah, because my I, my heel extends longer than my toes. <laughs> like my heels at the end, my toes are like you've got more extension. I've got in more your room. Heel. My toes are like wow, look at all this real estate. So let's talk about. Talk, I want to I want to talk about the company in general. Yeah, How did, what I always envision that my listeners are people with big ideas like myself, and going like, I wouldn't mind starting a clothing company a footwear company a company in general yeah and and you did it from the from ground zero to where we are today right you started a successful flip foot, footwear company how did you how, t- tell me about your journey to getting to the beginning of it and then tell me then we'll talk about the journey of of running the company okay and i'll try to i'll try to do the cliff notes version right do the cliff notes, but feel, I, and yeah. we're here for an hour plus yeah like, might as well Killer. tell me the story yeah and I think like so many things, right? Um, part of part of the reason we were able to do it and willing to do it is just because we were young and naive, right? A like, lot of it's not like I would have never gotten into comedy had I known exactly the, what what the life was like. Yep, I would have. If someone know, had sat you down and been like, "This is actually what it's all about," you're going to be you, flying about two hundred twenty thousand miles a year. I'd be like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa! Right, I'm out. I'm, I'm out. out immediately." Exactly. You're going to see. You're, you're going to miss a, almost all of your daughter's softball games. I'd be like, what kind of fucking dad am I? Right. But then they were like, hey, man, it's the greatest job you'll ever have in your life. You'll be consumed with it. You'll love it. Your best friends will be the funniest human beings in the world. And you will make hundreds of thousands of people laugh throughout a year. Yep. I'd be like, oh, okay. That's all I thought at the beginning was make 100,000 people laugh. Hang out with the funniest people in the world. Yep. You can do drugs and drink whenever you want. That was, that was my <laughs> spectrum of the job. But all the other fucking like, sidebar stuff. You'll have a fatty liver at 46, whatever, right. you know, keep yeah. going. So, yeah. So, um, but th- no, the story kind of goes like this. So I met Martin, my co-founder and really good friend. We were both in school for product design, industrial design, actually right, right around the corner in Pasadena. One of the best design schools in the country is hidden right by the Rose Bowl. It's called Art Center College of Design. And it's just a magical place where car designers go, like the people that are designing Audis and all this stuff right now, they probably went there people designing at Apple, people designing any kind of consumer goods. It's basically yeah. architecture for product. Um, it's fascinating. My, my, my best friend, Weicho, went through that. Yeah. And it it's was such a yeah, cool program. It's really cool. And now, now a lot of people know about this, but when I was looking, when I fe- first found out about it, this was back in like 97, 98, I'd never heard of industrial design, product design. I'd heard of architecture. I'd heard of graphic design, you know, other aspects of design. And someone told me about this because... I, before I went there, I was at UC Santa Barbara and I was kind of conflicted because I thought I was going to be a doctor like my dad and my grandfather. 
And so I started out- What kind out, of doctors? What kind of doctors? Um, my grandfather was just a family physician, like did everything, delivered babies out in Canada, you name it. Um, my dad's a psychiatrist. My dad's actually like a world leading expert on PTSD. It's pretty, that's a whole nother side story. It's fascinating. Jesus. Yeah, so- um, Tell them I have PTSD from riding roller coasters <laughs> and being on travel <laughs> Everybody's got some kind of PTSD Fuck, right now. yes, I do. Jaime and I were just talking about that on the drive up here. I mean, if you live in America now and you- listen to what's going on you have ptsd by the way so um coming back to the story um met martin at art center we both were studying product design and we hit it off right away because we were both we weren't there to we didn't want to design laptops or cars we wanted to design like cool gear for sports you know like the stuff we loved he was deep into snowboarding i was really into mountain biking and surfing and skiing um so 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 ideally like dream case scenario when you show up are you thinking I want to design. I mean, I, I really don't know anything about this, but like, I want to design. I want to design like, like pedals, or I want to design. Yep. Really? Yeah, we had you know a couple other new, guys. New styles of handlebars. Yeah, we had. A, yeah, definitely. Um, there's you know a lot of the guys that are super focused and passionate. There are like the car guys and the motorcycle guys, and you know they're cuckoo about every component. But there are some bike guys that wanted to design pedals or new kinds of shifters. Um, that kind of stuff. Do the shifters Car- carbon on that, frames. The shifters on. I mean, I got on this bike and I thought it, my my Cannondale, the one I rode from Atlantic City to or Philadelphia to Atlantic City. Yeah. And I, um, the shifters are fucking amazing. The <laughs> shifters are in the way. brakes. It's just they've it's, really it's, come, come way, so huh? fucking. By the way, I, thank God I had ridden this a couple times before because I was like, wait, where the fuck are the shifters? <laughs> I'm looking for two little thumbs in the, in the center. <laughs> I love it. So. um you just keep doing that cool sidebar stuff and I'll try to stay on the story, but we'll yeah, see how please, that goes. Please. Um, so we meet in school, we're doing our thing. Um, he goes on to graduate and works for like two of the biggest snowboard companies in the world doing snowboard boots. That was like his specialty. Snowboard boots have yeah. fucking changed. You know, when I first started snowboarding, we wore duck boots. They didn't have, they hadn't invented snowboard boots right. yet. You were wearing okay, Sorrells basically. Yeah, I was wearing Sorrells. Yeah. We would, and you just crank them as tight as you could. We go out, this is, uh, I mean, right when snowboard was in, smo- snowboarding was invented, I'm, I'm 46, so I've seen the whole, when I think Burton started it, but I've seen the whole trends. And then we went out, my senior year of college, we went out to Ke- visit Keith Hemstreet, who you remind me a lot of, one of my best friends. Went out to visit him in in, uh, in Aspen for spring break, and he was like, and I brought my, my Sorrells, and he was like, oh, no, 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 you got to try snowboard boots. Right. Things have changed. And we were like, what? It was all of a sudden, we were all amazing at snowboarding. We're like, this is fucking easy as shit. <laughs> God, keep, okay, keep yeah. going. Um, and it's funny because if you think about it, a snowboard boot is probably the most complicated piece of footwear you could ever make. Like there's yeah. probably a hundred components between the liner and the boot and, yeah. you know, and all the little details that are built into it and the different materials and blah, blah, blah. And he goes from designing snowboard boots to flip-flops, but we'll come back to that. Yeah. Um, and I would, so he graduated when worked for DC and then Burton and he I have DC boots and he ran DC snowboard boot program and then Burton. I have a Burton snowboard. Yep. And then, uh, I went right from school to work for O'Neill, the surf company and designed wetsuits for them. Hold on. So O'Neill is, where's O'Neill based out of? Because I hear great stories about this guy. Yeah. Jack O'Neill. He Jack just O'Neill. recently passed away. He's a legend. I mean, he's, he's, a legend. A, he's a true legend. He was, uh, where was I? Where was I? Was is he from up uh, uh, up by uh, by Santa Cruz? Santa Cruz, up where uh, Jason Ratboy. Yes, uh, Jason Collins. Jason Ratboy, Collins. Yeah. 
Okay, Jason Collins was telling me stories about O'Neal, about what a great fucking guy he was. And yeah. I guess O'Neal found him as a kid and kind of, I think, hooked him up and got him into, got him sponsorship. That's awesome. Yeah, I, dude, I just, that guy's a fascinating, I'd love to read a documentary on him. Yeah, there's some good ones and a couple of good books that have come out. But he was a true, they called him a maverick. Yeah. And he really was. I mean, he did hot air ballooning when no one was doing it. Um, he was a mad inventor. Wetsuits were just one of the things that he came up with. Um, but anyway, so I, I moved to Santa Cruz and worked for O'Neill for almost a decade. Got to hang out with Jason Collins. Great guy. He was, he was really Jason in the scene Collins at that really point. Sweet guy. Yeah. And not a fuck up. That's no, what I like. And about an amazing him. fisherman too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and so that was a really cool experience. Um, but after about 10 years and you know, I'd kind of maxed out my ability there there wasn't that much room for me to grow. Um, I didn't want to get into management. What were you doing there? Were you so designing? I was doing wetsuit design. Um, I was one of two or three main wetsuit designers there. There were a couple other people there that were kick-ass. One guy named John Hunter, who's just unbelievable. Yeah, He no, was kind of the mad scientist. And I would help him kind of rein in his ideas and then do all the colors and all the graphics and figure out where to put all the seams and all that stuff. Wetsuits have changed so much from when I started wearing them. So when I started wearing them, it was just the zipper in the back. Now I see guys where they're pulling like shoulder pads up over their back. Yeah. I prefer that style now where you've got, you have a short zipper across your chest and nothing on your back. Really? And they've made them easy enough to wear like bigger guys like me and you can get into them. They're yeah. awesome. I have a, by the way, I look ridiculous in a wetsuit. <laughs> yeah. I, had a, a, I had to put a SeaWorld net wetsuit just on Just a wounded time. seal. <laughs> yeah. I had, I had to put a SeaWorld wetsuit on and my, my whole crew, I was doing a thing for SeaWorld and they were looking at me and they're like, I don't know what's worse. The SeaWorld emblem, because, you know, everyone was hating SeaWorld at the time, or the way you look in it. That's, you, gotta go, you look like Buster Keaton in a Nazi uniform. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's true, man. It's like, you know, like for women, they say, like, you got to get your bikini body. Yeah. Whether you're a guy or a girl, if you jump in a wetsuit, there's no hiding. So the day you get a job at O'Neill, do you, do, you, do you go through and do you go like, I'm putting on a note. I'm grabbing a note. Do you go? Is there like a warehouse you can just go grab shit at? You're like, I'm getting a t-shirt. I'm getting pants. I'm getting a new bathing suit. I'm getting flip flops. Right. I'm getting a wetsuit. I'm getting a, like, do you, can you do that? Yes and no. So um, O'Neill was interesting because they actually, the clothing business was a separate business that they licensed out oh, really? and it was based down here in Southern California um, in the Irvine area, which is like the Mecca of surf apparel. So the family ran the wetsuit business up in Santa Cruz but they would license out the clothing, which was actually kind of a smart move because they were able to stay super focused on their core business, yeah. which were the wetsuits. Um, and then just have a separate team down in Southern California that did all the clothing and apparel and, and flip-flops and all There's that. There's something of about a, a company, especially an apparel company, when they stay super focused on what they're good at that I appreciate. The guy from Patagonia. That guy, did you hear his podcast, How I Built This? No, fucking. I he said at one point he goes, you know what? I want to I want to make less money doing what we're doing, and I think if we make less money, we'll have a better product. And you just like, huh? Right? What the fuck? So ahead of his time. Yeah, it really is. So keep going. I apologize. Yeah, no, that's cool. So you're working on Neil. You're how old? Um, let's see. I want to say I started there at about 24, 25. So now I'm, you know, living the dream. Living the dream. Oh, single in Santa Cruz, working for fucking brand number one was, in that area. I was the only person in my age in town with a job. Like everyone, <laughs> <laughs> everyone else was, you know, like a waiter had all these suits. Like there's no jobs in Santa Cruz. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, 
either you worked at the UC or you were a waiter or a massage therapist or you did real estate, but like there, there's so little industry there. It's changed a little bit now with Silicon Valley sneaking its way over the hill. Yeah. And here's that. a weird question. Yeah. Uh, I know that it's very territorial surfing out at, uh, what's the big surf break there? Um, well, in town, it's territorial. And yeah. then even when you go out of town, up the coast, like Mavericks and the big well, waves. Mavericks stuff. is, I'm not no, going out you're there. You're probably thinking of Steamer Lane. Steamer Lane, that's where I went surfing with Jason. Yeah. And, uh, and I know that we paddled out and Jason had to be like, someone was like, what the fuck? And he's like, hey. And they're like, oh, sorry, Jason. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, okay, they're with me. And they're like, okay, go ahead. Yeah. And so do you, do you get, do you get a, do you get a, like a hood pass in the water? Cause you work for O'Neill and they're like, Hey guys, see that thing you got on? Right. That's him. Yeah. No, definitely not. For you real? Had, you know, you had to earn your stripes, man. Really? And it's changed a lot. It's really mellowed out up there. When I yeah. first got there in 2000, there people get beat up all the time. Really? Yeah. And just sent to the beach and beat up. That's um, something that's always fascinated me about surf breaks in general, the wolf pack, uh, the, the, the the lu, the lu, hui yeah dahui dahui um i know that it's 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 like that a really big all through southern california yeah i grew up in i grew up in new smyrna and or i grew up in what the fuck am i doing i grew up in tampa we surfed in new smyrna yeah and we go out to new smyrna and we were oblivious to the fact that there were locals yeah we were like huh what are you talking about yeah but I, that's always been something that I'd watch, I could watch a documentary on the fucking Wolfpack. Yeah. It's really interesting because it, it was really at a time when surfing was really becoming mainstream. Yeah. Like it's had a few moments of that through its history, like with, you know, Gidget back, you know, when it became part of Hollywood and suddenly everyone wanted to be a surfer. But this was another time when like 90s into the 2000s when surfing was getting more and more popular. And I think it was just a natural reaction where the locals were trying to hold on to what they had. And keep yeah. everyone else out, but then it got to a tipping point where there was just there was just nothing they could do. There were too many UC students that wanted to surf, too many tourists that wanted to surf. With the internet and social media, suddenly everyone knew where every surf spot was. And at oh, that that's, point, that's in, that's interesting. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, yeah. and so suddenly that just the localism kind of just faded because there was no point. Like there's just nothing you could it's, do. It's uh, it's like it's what they complain about in neighborhoods of. Uh, the white colonization. What's it called when white people move in? Gentrification. There's white. a gentrification of the ocean, of where, yeah. of where you're like, hold on, this is my break. I grew up here. How how dare you? Yeah. The Wolfpack. And if, you, if you don't know anything about the Wolfpack or the Hui, the they probably are like uh, ground zero for locals only. Oh, for sure. And and so if you don't know, the <clears throat> Australians came in back in like the 70s. I think it was Rabbit Bartholomew, maybe. Yep. It came in to oddly Sh enough Sean Thompson from yeah. South Africa and all those guys <laughs> for for and being a mediocre waterman. Uh, I know a lot about surfing culture. Nice. And so they Australians came in and they're like, oh well, f I, it was very. I don't think I think now they have respect for it and they go, yeah, we did fuck up. What I'm about to say is a little aggressive, but they were like, basically, these islanders are savages. We're the fucking Australians. We'll come in and do everything right. And the islanders were like fuck you right. and they almost killed them yeah and they had to have like someone come in and bo bar uh, barter a peace treaty yep. i think it was the guy who uh duke not duke um no uh greg Knoll, maybe no 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 no, no. who's the guy they contiki 
by the way, I am all over the fucking map right now. There's the there's the one of the best watermen ever out of Hawaii. He ended up trying. They wanted to prove this is a long winded story. If I were you, I'd skip ahead by one minute and get out of this. Um, just hit 15 seconds four times. Let better not be my doctor. Nope. So um, they wanted to prove that Hawaiians could sail their own vessels uh, from island to island. Yeah. And uh, or at least like the Philippines or something. And so we're to Samoa. And so they had a bunch of people. And then this one. T- oh, give me the top 10 Hawaiian watermen, Hawaiian surfers. And you'll get this guy. Um, and so they took a vessel and the vessel got caught up in water, you know, in, in weather. And this one guy, one of the best surfers ever, the, the, the Eddie, Eddie Akao, the Eddie, yep. he decided to paddle back and he ended up, that's how he ended up passing. Yeah. But Eddie, if I'm not mistaken, Eddie brokered the broker the deal, brokered the peace deal between the Wolfpack and I apologize. Now, in my minutes over, the, we're back to the podcast. Keep going. <laughs> so you're in Santa Barbara, Santa Cruz. Santa Cruz. Um, so I was kind of at a turning point in my career and Martin was working for Burton in Vermont and he loved what he was doing, but Vermont's pretty tough place to be yeah even as a snowboarder like and he liked surfing too so he was driving five hours to boston area trying to surf and and his he and his wife were over the cold in the winter so he was kind of looking for a change i was looking for a change we'd always talked about doing something together we had designed a snowboard jacket together in school and we're like hey man maybe this is the time maybe we we do our thing and being as naive as we were i mean we both had had significant careers already in the industry but it's one thing to be designing or even product managing for a like number one market share brand where you're kind of part of this really good machine and everything's pretty well oiled and things are going uh to starting your own thing so we we thought we knew what we were doing we knew how to design product we had connections in asia for manufacturing and sourcing do you Um, get those connections working for burton and and for DC and for O'Neill, you get those connections. Right. And you kind of understand how those relationships work and what's required. Um, but that's about all we knew. We didn't realize that was like 10% of what you need to know. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we knew nothing about sales. We knew nothing about distribution. We knew nothing about marketing. Um, we had no idea that the entire retail and marketing landscape were about to get flipped on its head right when we launched, you know, how so? Well, just with the rise of e-commerce, Right at that time, yeah, it, there there were there were hints of it happening, but nobody, I think, foresaw how quickly everything was going to flip. Meaning, shopping at Amazon, shopping at Amazon, the struggle that small retailers, especially like small surf shops, were going to go through. Oh yeah, dude, um, my favorite surf shop in all of Florida, uh, Mandalay, uh, closed, and that was like a staple in Clearwater. Right, and when it closed, I mean, that was a surf shop. When we went to Clearwater, we went every single day. You go to the surf shop, right. Every day you get something new, right? Just something new. You'd be like, uh, "I got a so pair of flip flops." Yeah, you get a flip pair of flip flops your first day. Get a couple shirts, and the next day you go, "I'm gonna need another bathing suit." You get a bathing suit. Hey, what do your watches look like? Get a watch. Get a, some sunglasses the next day. Yeah. Get a fucking. I right, keep going. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, by the way, that you support Val Surf, which is right in your neighborhood, right? It's right down the street. I yeah. go there. I go there. I go there when I'm bored, just to hang out. <laughs> like I just, I was, like, I've I've gone in and said, I want a new skateboard. I'm not, I'm, 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 I, I make money, but like for me, I go, I get another skateboard for the girls because the girls are learning how to skateboard. Yeah. So I'll pick up, you know, we, we can always have when kids come over, you can't, you can't have enough skateboards. So like I've, I've gone over there and bought a lot yesterday. I went and bought 
three pairs of uh, free waters. I, I bought all the size twelves just to just because I was like, hey, what? I haven't seen these. It's like, ah, yeah, you try them on. I tried them on. I liked them, and then I got a pair because I was like, I'm gonna throw a pair in my golf bag so that I never have to worry about losing a pair. Right. So yeah, keep going. I love it. Um, so we we decided to start free waters, right? And at that point, why flip flops? fantastic question it basically goes something like this we we talked about like okay we we understand snowboard boots we understand wetsuits and the whole anything made out of neoprene i had designed you know wake surfing jackets booties gloves hoods scuba suits anyway but we looked at all those products and we said all right these are very niche products if you think about it do we really think it's realistic we're going to come in as a new brand and be able to compete in what's a pretty small market yeah. with a lot of good, well-established brands that have been around 40, 50 years, and we think we're going to come in and, and take a big chunk, highly unlikely. And even if you do, the upside, you're going to get capped out pretty quick because these are, in the end of the day, it's pretty small markets. Yeah. So then we said, okay, well, um, Martin had definitely more knowledge and experience around sourcing in Asia and manufacturing around footwear. And he had done some sandals and some skateboarding shoes in addition. To, and so we kind of looked at all our options and we were like, well, we should probably do footwear given all your experience. Wetsuits is a tiny market and a really tough business. Tough nuts Half crack. of them break and you, you got to repair them for the people. Um, so we said, all right, let's do footwear. And then we started looking at footwear and we really kind of did like a, a market analysis, you know, and we said, the shoe game is tough, man. You're talking about hundreds of competitors, the big ones that have just dominate you know? And, but we looked at sandals and we said, Oh, there's definitely an opportunity here because even with the good brands that are there, we couldn't really find a flip flop that we liked. You know, we tried a bunch of stuff and fucking amen. I, yeah. So when I used to work at O'Neill every summer, I'd need a new pair of flip flops. I tried the O'Neill ones. Not much happened in there. Um, they weren't really a legit footwear brand, right? They were a wetsuit. Oh, they're a wetsuit company. You're buying. You're buying the name O'Neill right. on their flip flops. Exactly. I'm not just shitting on O'Neill. No, I think it's just the truth, and they'd probably admit that too. You know, um, and then I would try rainbows. I would try reefs. I would try locals. I would try Havaianas. I would. Try, I would try everything. Nothing fit me. I've got size twelve like you, wide flat feet. I have a, I have a wide foot. I have a yeah. very high arch. Though. And I would. I would go into the O'Neill surf shop, which was right next door to our office and try everything. And I could never find anything that I liked. I, I, you, you're talking about a problem I didn't know I had. I like, it wasn't until I found your flip flop that I went, I got my flip flop. <laughs> like I, I, I would buy, I would always buy flip. I would buy so many different pairs. And I think the older I got, I think my foot changed a tad bit. Right. Yep. But the, I, but I, I was married to a certain, I felt a flip-flop should, should look a certain way. I, I was not cool with the innovations that were happening in flip-flops. Yeah. Meaning like a, like a, a, a wider side part and it got skinny and, and like, I, we'll get, we'll talk about flip-flops in a little bit. Yeah. But keep going. Yeah. So, so we saw an opportunity in flip-flops and our vision kind of was, let's start with flip-flops. We can probably penetrate the market. And then once we do that, maybe we'll start making some shoes, which we ended up doing. Um, but right around that time, you know, <coughs> keep in mind, I'd been living in Santa Cruz for like 10 years. So I was, you know, I was definitely on the, on the crunchy side of the spectrum. It's pretty hard not to, when you live there, like, and that's kind of who I am. I mean, I care a lot about the environment. Um, I eat really healthy and clean. 
Um, I care about, you know, justice and equality and, and pretty liberal values, I have to admit. And smoking a lot of green really helped with that over the years. And um, so I listened to a ton of reggae and Grateful Dead and all that yeah. kind of stuff. So when we, we were about to launch this company, we were formulating the business plan. I went and saw a Michael Moore film called uh, Capitalism, A Love Story. And I'd seen other films in that genre, but that one really hit me hard where it was just such a, just hit you in the face, like capitalism, yeah, all good and dandy. Here's the other side of the coin. And be aware of, of what this really is doing. Um, and I think it's something like Yvonne Chouinard from Patagonia was well aware of from the early days. But it just hit me like a ton of bricks, like, yo, man, if we're going to build a company, start shipping products from Asia to the U.S., and and do all this like it's not enough for me just to do that and make cool shit and sell it to people and call that a, a big home run yeah. there's got to be something a little deeper where we're making some people's lives better and had there's a little more meaning behind what we're doing um and that's where we started talking about all right well what can we do and uh we wanted to do something very basic right like we talked about taking people surfing like maybe we take people that would never have a chance to go surfing take them surfing um, my wife's actually taken blind people surfing, which is a whole nother story, which is incredible. It's one of the most powerful things I've ever seen because they're so damn good at it. Oh, because yeah, 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 yeah. That Be makes sense. Because they're not thinking. Yeah. They're not, they don't care what they look like. They're not trying to impress anybody. They just jump up to their feet and go, Oh, I'm supposed to stand like this. And they stand like that and they rip. Really? It's awesome. Anyway. Um, so we want to do something very fundamental. You know, yeah. Take people surfing. That's awesome. But more fundamental, more fundamental. We kept whittling it down. Eventually we were like, man, drinking water. Yeah. And, it, and it really came from our connection to water. Like as a surfer, as someone that goes in the water or someone who's, anyone that's in the water, we all know from taking a shower how that makes us feel better. But there's something about surfing where you, you feel one way, you go into the water, you come out feeling another way. Water has an incredible healing power. And we wanted to share that with other people. And so instead of taking people surfing, it was really like, let's make sure people have clean water to drink and bathe in, you know? I, water, when, when I was in La Jolla with my daughters, my, it was uh, surprisingly big waves, all kind of breaking just off, just offshore. Not, not, yeah. not offshore, but like onshore technically. Yeah, like a shore break. Yeah, and my daughter, my daughter Isla is very connected with water, like insanely. You know, certain people certain people belong in the water and certain people yeah. don't yep uh my brother-in-law does not belong in the water <laughs> my but isla i mean even when we were in bali she was diving down 20 feet hold her breath dive down 20 feet to the bottom of the and just swim it's just she's a fish in insane like we go into our pool she, she, a little weird of a kid but she'll go dad bloop bloop and I know that she's saying, hey, go get the scuba gear. Yeah. Let's lay on the bottom and look at the palm tree. Yeah. And so me and her will grab the two, the the regulator, the BC, get everything, hook it up, sink it to the bottom and lay on the bottom with a seven pound weight on her chest, just staring up at the palm tree. And she can, she could sit there for an hour. She just loves the water. That's so cool. And so she, when we were in La Jolla, she was like, hey, let's get in, let's get in, let's play in the waves. I was like, they're a little strong. She goes, we'll be fine. Yeah. And man, I'm telling you, there's something super cathartic. So if you're if you're depressed and you're feeling like, what's this all about? Go get in the water and let Mother Nature just throw your body around for a little bit. Yeah, 
and, and in a safe way, you will end up smiling. Yeah. You'll end up just being like, God, there's something bigger than me out there that's yeah. working. And it, I laughed and the water was ice cold. Yeah. And it that's felt so fucking good. That's the best. Oh, I and love I, and, the ocean. Yeah. And I'm sure there's science around this. I haven't read it, but I'm convinced. Has to be. Yeah. And I'm convinced there's some kind of electromagnetic thing that happens when you go, especially in the ocean and the salt water. Like think about people take Epsom salt baths yeah. to feel better. So you're basically going into a salt bath that has all kinds of ions and minerals in it and you're soaking in it. And you're, and you're, you're, you're getting pushed by energy that's been moved for hundreds and thousands of miles. This energy has been, there's something spiritual to it. I love the fucking ocean. Isn't that amazing? I do. So, so, so you decide to do clean drinking water. Not, I mean, not to be overlooked, but I'm sure, I'm sure you have some sort of statistic, but from what I've heard, that is the one that is like the, it's the easiest way to help people not die yeah it's it's pretty fundamental right yeah um what we always try to remind people is that uh not only i mean imagine going a day or two or three days without water to drink right that, that's obvious everyone gets that but um what we see firsthand and it's it's well known is clean water is one of the most foundational things to the health of a community in terms of all of their prosperity, right? They're not going to be physically healthy. They're not going to be financially healthy. And it's all tied together because if you don't have clean water, that means um, the parents and the kids are getting sick from waterborne diseases, whatever they might be. And that means they might have diarrhea or whatever it is. They're not going to school or they're not able to work. Um, or they're hiking for two hours to get water. We saw that. Which, we saw that in Bali. Right. These women it's, were hiking with water. Yeah, it's so common, and that means half your day is taken up just getting the water. Right. That's, so that means you're not going to school, and you're not working, and you're not farming, or you're not. If you're a black getting water, think about that, Tom Segura. Imagine, would you be the water champ, Tom Segura, if you had to walk fucking <laughs> twelve miles to get your water and walk twelve miles to bring it home? Yeah, that's fucking overwhelming. Yeah, it is. And so it's hard. You, it's hard for us to grasp living here. It really is, you know. Oh, I have a thirty-two ounce ice cold glass of water. Yeah, right. But it's all coming, man. There are communities right here in California that are running out of water as we speak, and you'll see it more and more in the news. You know, um, there's a ton of communities in the Central Valley where the groundwater has been completely ruined by agriculture. I've heard about that. Yeah, I've heard um, about that. And especially like animal farms and all the waste that run off from the animal yeah. farms. It gets in the groundwater, and the water's polluted. We know what happened in Flint, right? Um, And there was just, I just saw on the New York Times yesterday or the day before on the, on the website, one of the big articles on the front was, you know, global water crisis spreading. I think by 2030, there's going to be 72 countries that have basically used up all their groundwater. Cape Town, South Africa is on the verge of running out of water. Really? The city. So yeah. it's happening, and it's something that's affecting us all. Yeah, I think we we as Americans still like think want to think this is something that only happens in remote places in the world, you know, with people yeah. that are less fortunate than us. But it's coming here, and it's coming fast. It's it's pretty scary, but I think it's it's one of the things like unlike unlike uh, maybe climate change and the way how quickly the climate's changing and the ice caps melting. Like we can we can solve the water crisis. Yeah, but we're not doing much about it right now. I think most people, including myself, go, yeah, but like, but I have water. They don't just have like water. Like, I think for the most part, you go, I hear that. Like, why don't they just go get a bottle of water? You know, like, I I think that it's, 
it's one of those problems that I think for the most part, unless you have seen it firsthand, you have a hard time wrapping your head around. Yeah. Even did for you, me, did, even for me, you know, like I tell Hami all the time, like we sit in the office working, doing design and marketing, whatever it is, but it takes me going back to Haiti, you know, to see our water project there. And I get there and I'm like, my God. Man, so you have water projects in Haiti, Kenya, Haiti, Kenya, and the Philippines and the Philippines, mm-hmm. Joe Coy. I got, I'm trying to hook you up with comics right now. I know yeah. Tom Segura is the water <laughs> champ. Joe Coy is from the Philippines. I love it. I don't know any Kenyan comedians. And I'm probably not going to go around all my black friends and go, hey, is your family from Kenya? <laughs> hey, Donnell, you're pretty dark. Hey, do your family, does your family. <laughs> Are you Maasai? <laughs> Dude, I've been to Kenya. I, I party with the Maasai tribe. Nice. Drank goat, drank goat, goat's blood with the Maasai chief. Um, legit. I did not. So, do did you that. have a water plan in place when you started the company? You're like, all right, nope. let's start the company. Let's figure out how we didn't do this. Completely water thing. winged it. The one thing that was cool that we did do is we committed to starting a water project before we ever brought product to the market. Cause we were just like, that would not be very cool. It'd be more of like a promise, like fire sandals. And one day we're going to start this water project, you know? I've done that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, like so much of what we did, we were totally naive. We had no idea how to start a water project. Yeah. Um, we reached out to some friends. Turns out we had friends working in Kenya. Um, there's a big problem in Kenya in the cities with street kids that are like addicted to the sniffing glue. You probably know about this. I don't. Oh man, it's terrible. So it's it's a way kids end up on the street. It happens to adults too. And the way they pass their time and the hunger is they sniff this really cheap glue. And it, you know, just like like al- any alcohol or drug, it's just a way for them to like ease the pain of of their day oh. and they get addicted to sniffing this glue so our friends were helping these kids get off the street and off this glue and it's this really amazing program um, run by this organization called until then and then um they we reached out to them and they're like we'll help you we haven't done water projects before but we know a lot of people in kenya um we kind of have an idea of how this might work um they went down there first they met some people from another um, ngo that were doing water projects but ran out of funding so these people were looking for kind of to start something new yeah. and we just sort of pieced it all together. And then Martin and I flew to Kenya, helped kind of get the thing kicked off. Coach or first class? Oh, are you kidding? Concord, upper deck. <laughs> no, no, we suffered in coach for sure. When it's, when it's your money, you're like, well, what well, the fuck are you talking about? Spend 17 grand yeah. on a fucking first class ticket to Kenya. It's wild to think back about, it. and this is before like there was we were not doing social media. I don't think we were our first year doing free waters. First couple years, we had print ads in Surfer Magazine, like legit two what page. What year is this? This was uh, uh, let me see. It's two thousand two thousand nine two thousand no two thousand ten two two thousand eleven. Yeah, that's probably when we all started podcasting pretty heavily, right? So we were. We were so we were dinosaurs. We put ads, printed physical ads in a physical magazine, and we thought we had made it. Yeah, we're like, oh, this thing's going to go huge. Everyone's going to see this. <laughs> Little did we know, that, you know, there was this digital revolution coming that we were clueless about at the time. Oh, that's crazy! Isn't that funny? So you get the drinking water project up and running. You find someone who can do it cheaper, faster. Yep. Yeah, it was really cool that we we partnered up with this um, professor of hydrology from the University of Utah who was trained in this technique of digging wells. It's all dug Utah by hand. Loves Mormons love Africa. They do. Do you know why? Because they're me. godless savages. 
and they can convert them. Look, I'm not shitting on my. I love Mormons. I love. There's not a Mormon I've ever met that I haven't loved. I love Mormons. Yeah. But man, they are all over Africa. They are. We, and I see a lot of them in Haiti. There are a lot, dude. I see them in Haiti too. The microfunding. Uh, I look at his name. I think it's Charles Pope is his name. Uh, he's the guy who has the backyard slingshot. We worked with him on Birth to Conqueror. Uh, he does microloans. Yeah. Like it's really brilliant. That's an amazing. I get into microloans. I could put a million dollars towards microloans and just fucking change a community. Yeah. My problem is I'd be like, keep it. Like, dude, this guy fucked up my order at, at, by the way, shout out to the guy at fucking Coffee Bean who fucked up my order. He fucked up my order today. I was driving back from the cardiologist and he goes, uh, he goes, oh shit. I, I go, yeah, can I get a venti, a tall coffee, a, a large coffee? He's working behind the counter. He's like, oh shit, it's a machine. And I go, yeah. He goes, I get to write the machine on a cup. How fucking great is this going to be? I was like, yeah, great. And he goes, $5.24. And I was like, that seems like a lot for a iced coffee. And then they give me this big frothy drink. And I was like... Oh, he messed it up. Right. I, go, I just wanted an iced coffee. And they're like, well, go back to him and get his, your, your change. So I just went back to him. I was like, hey, I wanted just an iced coffee. He goes, oh, let me give you a change. I go, just put it in your tip jar. <laughs> I fucking can't. I'm not going to ask for three bucks back from you. I was like, just keep it. I'm, I'm glad you recognized me. <laughs> what does a cardiologist say about coffee? Is, nothing. Is nothing. But cardio, my blood pressure was fucking perfect today. Nice. And I wanted it to not be perfect so that it could be representative of how I think it is. But it was perfect. It was better than it's. It's actually better than I've ever taken it. So what I did is I brought my actual blood pressure machine and I said, no, 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 no. Don't believe my body. My body's lying right now. I go, take a look at this. And so he looked at my blood pressure machine, flipped through it. And he was like, no, the numbers are fine. Your blood pressure is fine. I was like, motherfucker. Then he did a sonogram on all my organs. He's like, you look good. I was like, hold the fucking phones. Yeah. So did blood work, get blood work back. But he said my liver looks good. He can tell by a sonogram. Um, I need to get on that, man. I, I probably haven't seen a doctor in like three, four years, and I'm pretty much your age. I'm 45. Yeah. Get a cardiologist. I, I really recommend a Bill Burr to a cardiologist. Just the easiest way to, <coughs> my for most men, just cut out all risk of stupid shit happening to you that could have been stopped. Right. Look, I'm, 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 you, I, don't, I can't really speak to cancer or to uh, fucking Lou Gehrig's disease or anything big like that. But as far as like just having a stroke or having a heart attack where you die for no reason at all, right. you can fix that. Totally, you can fix that. Yeah. And that's the guy to do it. But um, yeah, I get a full blood panel run and then goes through blood pressure. And he does like a sonogram of all my organs. And today he was like, it literally looks fine. I was like, hold on. He's like, well, obviously you're you fucking know? 250. You, I'm sure you got a little bit of a fatty liver. So like lose weight. Let's get rid of that. But, uh, but he's like, yeah, you look good. We'll do a blood panel to make sure. But he's like, you're fine. Good but you, you got to you got to go to God, I, I would definitely recommend like if did I did you I, have a did you have a scare or anything or you just no my uh, dad's a fucking hypochondriac so my dad and I ate marijuana one time with Joey Diaz my dad ate marijuana on accident I ate it on purpose so my dad wasn't the only one high and then we ended up sitting out there having cigars and whiskey and I said to my dad I'm high as fucking with my dad my dad's never in my knowledge I think he probably smoked pot in college but he's never really eaten marijuana yeah. And I said, I go, why don't you like me? And he was like, I'm afraid I'm going to lose you. Just real, just high, honest conversation. And I said, well, how can we fix that? Because I want you to like me. And he was like, you need to, I need you to get a cardiologist. And I need to tell him everything that I want done to you. I, I want him to make sure that you're going to be okay. So I said, great. So I told my dad, find this cardiologist. He found a cardiologist who had grown up in Tampa. 
a great cardiologist. I have a great cardiologist. I'm not going to say his name because I don't want everyone going to this guy. <laughs> but I, I, I hooked up Bill Burr with him. Like Bill called me and he was like, he was like, uh, you got a cardiologist? I was like, yeah. And you need. And I literally was like, you need to go one to one right now. I go go to see a cardiologist tomorrow. Yeah. I called my doctor. I called Bill. I set them up. I said, get Bill in. I go give him everything you gave me. Yeah. And uh, I and then today, a little secret time. But today I said, how's Bill? And he goes, he's great. He's in great shape. I said, really? He goes, yeah, he's doing good. He goes, but he's like, he, he doesn't party. I go, oh, he doesn't party, huh? Is that how we talk to our cardiologist, Bill? <laughs> we lie to them, huh? No, but his, he did blood work on him, so he's, he's totally fine. Bill's a weird guy because he'll quit drinking for like eight months, and then he'll go hard as fuck for a month. But not even hard as fuck, like hard as fuck for Bill, which is, you know, a couple whiskeys a night. Right. Bill's a really, he's a very healthy mindful of his of his body guy yeah really great i mean if you've never met him he's one of the sweetest best fucking dudes in the world right well i expect you to introduce me to all these people right i'm going to i'm going to my goal is to take this company to the next fucking level (laughs) i want all my friends to have free water flip-flops i want all my friends i want you to i want i want really want to hook you up with joe coy because i really think joe coy is huge in the philippines huge in the filipino com- community yeah and i i believe that p- pairing up with him somehow i don't know like in something very organic not yeah. forced and he's i know joe is a great guy he would do anything but i believe that he could raise awareness for the water free drinking water in the philippines, philippines. and bring awareness i mean my fucking nurse today was filipino and he was like he was like uh uh, they say you're a comedian. I said, yeah. And he goes, do you know Joe Coy? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, oh, and lost his shit. Apparently, all Filipinos are nurses and all nurses are Filipino. <laughs> so, but like, I definitely want to so hook you up bad. with a bunch of these guys. That'd be awesome. And I want to thank you for inviting me down here, by the way. It's super cool. And it's just Dude. cool. It's just cool because like, like you said, 2014, and I, I didn't even know about that until today. Yeah. We don't have a Twitter account. Like we can barely manage Instagram. Um Oh, I have big plans but, for this company. Yeah. I would like to take over your marketing entirely. <laughs> I would like to like I think you trust me, have. trust me. I am <laughs> I have big plans for this company. I have I am it all stemmed from and I am we'll 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 talk about this again in a little bit, but yeah. it all stemmed from my love of one pair of flip-flops that you made. You made one pair of flip-flops that I loved so much I bought four of them. I wore them I wore them walking around for an entire two summers doing Birth Conquer. That's the only shoe I wore. And and it just is a great fucking flip-flop. I have a lot of questions about design, about why you discontinued them, about what what was the flux. I, I, I also have, I think, the pair that replaced them. Right, like the next generation. I have the next generation. And I, I'm, I think they're, oh, they're not on. I'm, I, by the way, I am playing with this flip-flop on my fucking foot right now. This is the flip-flop <laughs> I love, the men's Dylan size 12. I've been putting my heel in it. Not the 11. The 12. I know. I just got, I get weird about branding. Like I go, there's certain things that I just hear them in my head. They come out quick. Body Shots World Tour. Tickets at burp.com. Start in San Francisco. Go down to Dylan Brown says 12. Like I, there's certain weird things that I get stuck on. But, um, but yeah, there's a lot of guys I want to introduce you to because I believe when you find something cool, you should share it with people. Yeah. I have no vested interest in this company. I have no interest in this other than I want this flip-flop. That's yeah. it. Now, obviously, I think my initial offer to you guys was I will pay for all of them to be made and I will sell them. <laughs> I think I said I will I will buy into the company. I will yeah. do whatever. I fucking trust me. I believe in you guys as much as I believe in cool pants. Right. You ever wear cool pants? K-U-H-L? Oh, K-U-H-L. I They're see them at REI. Awesome. 
They're great fucking pants. Candied jalapenos. I love candied jalapenos. I love these fitted hats. <laughs> this is SF Grippy makes these hats, right? Halston, is that right? He just hit me up this morning. He goes, dude, I got a shout out. Let me tell you something. I'm really happy for this. And I'll tell you why. When I like, I feel like I'm going to get a little meta on here. When I first met Joe uh, Rogan, yeah, he was he was selling flashlights on his podcast to like deficit fund his podcast. Were you invited on the podcast, or how do you? Yeah, do yeah, 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 okay. yeah. I met Joe. I was a fan of the podcast. He invited me on the podcast. I did the podcast the first time, and I was like, and I was skeptical because it was an ad read. You know, I was like, I was like, hey, are those flashlights any good? And he was like, yeah, I wouldn't sell them if they weren't. And I was like, what? And he goes, I wouldn't be talking about it. He goes, you never use a flashlight? And I was like, no. And he goes, grab one over there. Take it home. Tell me you don't love this thing. Right. I used a flashlight. And I was like, okay. I don't even know why I have my wife. <laughs> like, what the fuck? These things are awesome, especially when you run them under water water. Anyway, <laughs> I, I, I subscribe to that. Now, obviously, there's reads I've done in the past like where there's not a ton of connection when it comes to podcast reads. But as far as like sharing stuff on your podcast that you dig, I believe in that. This hat I'm wearing is from it's called hat club i'm i don't have any they're not a sponsor yeah but they make a really cool hat this guy sf grippy on on is there this guy he just posted me sf grippy he does like custom hats and this is me talking about him on the podcast he'll probably post this on his podcast but it's like i like fitted hats i like a cool fitted hat yeah i think they're fun to wear it's like and no one knows what they are and they're like hey who is that and you're like i don't even know you know uh i, I gave a shout out to this um young lady who's uh a comedian in denver who's really good at, at social media at uh photoshops and then i was like she's really funny she happens to be transgendered which i think is i think people wouldn't imagine is my brand that i'd be drawn to a transgender comedian but i was because it's not something i've heard a lot about on stage right i really dug what she did and i gave her a shout out and it's not i don't get anything from it i just i believe that people should share cool shit how much fun is that in life when someone shares something with you that you didn't know about? Now you know about, and you're like, and you're like, oh fuck it, like Bobby, this is stupid, but like Bobby Kelly introduced me to Tatuaje cigars. Now I didn't, I knew a lot about cigars, but I wasn't keen on like new brands of cigars. Yeah. Bobby Kelly hit me up, and he's like, dude, let's do a podcast. Come down. We go to this uh, place, the V Cut on Melrose, and I was like, what cigar are you gonna get? I always go to the same thing. Padron 7000. That's my cigar. Yeah. Padron 7000. And Bobby goes, oh, you got to get a Tatuaje. I was like, I'm not into new fangled cigars. I like the old school ones. That's me. I grew up in Florida. He's like, no, no, yeah. no, no. no. Tatuaje, bro. I, you can't keep Tatuaje out of my <laughs> mouth. I mean, I'm like, I'm fucking. But I like introducing people to cool shit. I that's think cool. that's super important, especially in like a day where everyone's selling their Instagram I know, for right? fi fucking $500 a post. I know. I'll never sell my Instagram. If you see me talk about something on my Instagram that I like, like a fucking cool movie, like I just saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I fucking loved it. Nice. I loved it. My daughters didn't get it because I didn't know who the Mansons were. But, right. but and that's when this is a legit fanboy moment in 2014. I'm talking about your fucking yeah. flip flops. That's cool. And yeah. people, you know, people are so smart. Like through a podcast, through an Instagram post, they sniff out when it's not legit, it's not authentic. Yeah. So that's really cool. It's cool. Yeah, that of you course, do it man. That way. I, I'm, I'm, I just, you know, I'm glad this, I'm really glad this happened. I'm genuine, genuinely happy this happened because I, you know, 
you guys are all over my fucking house. My I, my <laughs> sisters just bought both bought free waters. They were at the house the other day. They're like, oh, I just bought a pair of free waters. Heard you talking about them so much. I was like, I got to try a pair. We were at a surf shop together and we like tried them on. Fucking really comfortable. I was like, awesome. no shit. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. A, I, I'm like, I'm a big foot guy. By the way, I have beautiful feet. I also want a big, big marketing campaign about me being a foot model just for close you. Close ups of your feet. I have gorgeous fucking feet. That's good because I, I don't. For real? Oh, it's so funny. That's, I, I own a flip-flop company. I swear I have the ugliest feet. Hi, will tell you, man. It's just like... Oh, I can see. Yeah, you don't yeah. have the best feet in the world. No, not at all. They're they're wide. They're flat. They're pasty. I got <laughs> messed up nails. My nails got fucked up from running, but I got to... Yeah. What I want to do is I want to get ultra marathoners to wear do pictures of their feet in your flip-flops <laughs> after they run races. And that's like one of our sponsorships. That's like, cool. Like we go you know, hit up Cam Haynes. Cam Haynes, congratulations. You just ran 200 miles within 24 hours do us one favor okay here's a pair of free water flip-flops throw them on after your race and just relax but take a picture and send it put them online because dude i'm obsessed with fucking ultra marathoners feet we get michelle wolf we get i've got big marketing plans <laughs> how do i become i just need an office an ugly and foot. one day a month does an ugly foot make a flip-flop look better oh look at my uh, those are free waters. I guarantee it. Those are Mandela. Yeah, those are. Yeah, oh, that's all I've ever worn for the fucking. <laughs> that's I, free I waters get... right there. I got. That's all I got is fucking free waters. What? When were these from? I have a foot fetish too. I love it. A little bit. Jen Stevens had great fucking feet. That's my toenail coming off after I run the LA marathon. <laughs> but so, uh, so where were we in this conversation? Uh. We were, we were doing pretty good. We got through the whole how we got started. We did the water project. Water project. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about mid-roll reads. Mid-roll reads. What are they? These are mid-roll reads. Today's podcast is brought to you by Calm. I have problems falling asleep. I have sleep anxiety. I have anxiety. I cannot shut my brain down. My daughters introduced me to an app called Calm, and I've been using Calm to meditate and to help me go to sleep. For I can't even tell you how long. Are you struggling with sleep? Because one in three adults do not get enough sleep. And if you're not sleeping enough, it affects everything. Your cognitive function during the day, like learning, problem solving, and decision making. And I know that's why I use Calm and that's why we're partnering with Calm. Calm is the number one app for sleep. Sleep deficiency does serious damage, not just to your brain, but to your body as well. The sleepless are more prone to accidents, weight gain, and depression. <laughs> With Calm, you'll discover a whole library of programs designed to help you get the sleep your brain and your body needs, like soundscapes and over a hundred sleep stories narrated by soothing voices like Jerome Flynn of Game of Thrones and Stephen Fry. So if you want to seize the day, start by seizing the night with the help of Calm right now. My listeners at the BurtCast get 25% off a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash BERT. That is C-A-L-M dot com slash BERT. 40 million people have downloaded Calm. You should download it too. Trust me, I use this app. It will help you in every aspect of your life. Find out at calm.com slash BERT. This podcast is also brought to you by moderncbd.com. CBD, I believe, is the future of medicine. It's holistic, and it's known to help with pain relief, anxiety, and sleep. Leanne has used CBD for pain relief, as my dad has, as my mom has. I have friends who give it to their children. 
it is, I mean, I don't want to say, I think it's the future. It's great. Yeah, I, it really helped me a lot with my back. Modern CBD is my trusted resource for hemp-derived CBD products. The team at Modern <laughs> CBD curates the best CBD products from only the most reputable brands. All Modern CBD products have passed strict quality control procedures and been tried by Modern's team of CBD experts. Modern CBD is your go-to website for CBD products in general. Free shipping on all orders. Only the top-selling brands that use USA-grown hemp. Full transparency with product lab results available on the site. And 100% customer satisfaction guaranteed. Leanne was just talking about CBD with her dad and wanted to get her some. We talked to the guys at Modern CBD, and that is where we are today. And that's why we're working with these guys. Get your CBD products today from Modern CBD with a special offer for my listeners. Go to Modern CBD. That's M-D-R-N-C-B-D.com. And enter my code BERTCAST for 30% off your order. And shipping is free. That's ModernCBD.com. M-D-R-N-C-B-D.com cbd.com with the code BERTCAST for 30% off. I'm going to do it one more time. mdrncbd.com with the promo code BERTCAST for 30% off your order. Trust me, you're going to love it. We just sold your dad to CBD the other day. We were like talking nonstop about it. Yeah. My dad uses it. Leanne uses it. Yep. It's big fans. Big fans. This podcast is also brought to you by Hims. Summertime is here, and for us guys with thinning hair, that means it's baseball cap weather. <laughs> Don't sweat your hair loss this summer. Do something about it while you still can. Did you know that 66% of men lose their hair by the age of 35? I did not. I'm 46 years old, and I still have hair. Do you know why? Monoxy. Because I did something to stop it. Right. I got When I noticed I was losing my hair, I got in front of it, and I stopped the hair loss in its tracks. You can, too. Hims connects you with real doctors and medical grade solutions to treat hair loss. Well-known generic equivalents to the name brand prescriptions to help you keep your hair like I did, not like Tom Segura. No snake oil pills, no gas station counter supplements, prescription solutions backed by sciences. When I started losing my hair, I had to go to a waiting room and talk to a doctor and tell them I was losing my hair, to which the doctor said, I don't think so. And then I had to say, yeah, but I think so. It was an argument. It was uncomfortable. I had to go to the pharmacist then and pick up rogue that was back in the day that's what i had to get you don't have to do that no awkward person in-person doctor visits save hours by going to forhims.com so easy all you do answer a few quick questions doctor reviews it and prescribes you stop worrying about putting sunblock on top of your head do something to help stop hair loss today and promote hair growth products are shipped directly to your door right now my listeners get a trial month of hymns for just five dollars today right now while the supplies last see the website for full details and safety information this would cost you hundreds of dollars if you went to a doctor or a pharmacy go to forhims.com slash birdcast that's f-o-r-h-i-m-s dot com slash birdcast that is forhims.com slash birdcast keep your hair keep your hair i want to know about this so you have your idea you and martin draw what like five pairs of flip-flops each like i mean right. tell me about really starting a company right like 
you got your like, idea. Right. We want to do this. Right. We need, obviously we need money. We're going to get investors to invest in our company based on our experience. Yep. And then do you and him like go to investors with pictures of flip-flops and then price data of like, so these are the, this is tanned leather. We want to use tanned leather. Right. We can get this leather in Asia right. at dot, dot, dot per yard. Right. If we make 100 size 12s, 10 size 10s. Like, I mean, I really don't yeah, know. I want yeah. to know how that works. I think that, you know, like anything, there's no, there's no formula to doing this, right? And I think every business story is different. Ours was, ours worked out like this, where it's pretty cool, where we ended up having a, a family member be our initial angel investor to get us started, Yeah, which was really, really cool. It made things, in some ways, it made things easy for us. Yeah. Right. Which is great. We were able to just kind of get going. In other ways, maybe it was too easy because we didn't have to pitch something like to a bunch of people and make it so convincing, Shark Tank style, where they're like punching holes in all your ideas until you come up with something extremely compelling. Yeah. But, you know, we had a lot of experience between Martin and I, and we felt confident and, and our, our angel, angel investor felt confident for us to get started. So we got lucky there. And then we ended up doing a couple of the rounds of investment and those ended up being ballpark, ballpark, what an angel investment needs to be to start a company. Don't you have to tell me what yours is, yeah. but tell me like, like for someone listening who goes, I definitely want to start a company. I got a rich uncle. How much do I need to start a company? Oh man, there's no good answer. I mean, you could start a company with 5,000 bucks. You know what I mean? Yeah, I you, you could really could. talk you could, to Sarah Blakely, right? You go out and buy a really sick, red video camera for uh, what are those costs i'm um, probably 20 grand or something i don't know right yeah and you could start a company with that yeah but but when you're but, making a brand or a product right do you need well if you're doing apparel it's easier really yeah because you're probably just going to source blanks blank tees blank hats whatever they are that's what most of these people do and yeah. they just apply their graphics their logos maybe change some coloring change some stitching whatever it might be with footwear it's it is harder because you're actually making a molded part part of the product is molded so you actually have to create molds or what we call tools <coughs> and that requires some engineering some design and actually getting these parts made which is expensive yeah and then you need a legit manufacturing facility um it's not just like t-shirt blanks where you know yeah so yeah so it really depends but you know you depending on what it is i would you know i would don't let money be an obstacle because you really could start something, even apparel brand for five grand, 10 grand, 15 grand, 20 grand. If you had a hundred grand, you'd, you'd probably be well on your way. If you had 500 grand, you're, you're flying. Really? Because in the end, a lot of that money is going to be for marketing because marketing is really? expensive. Yeah. You know, and the more, the more dollars you have to throw around the beginning, the more you can just get out there quicker. Um, what were some but, marketing mistakes you made early on? We talked about the the print ads in Surfer Magazine, right? Like, yeah. sure, it helped. But I think what's so fascinating now is, you know, you run a print ad of something and you have no idea. There's no way of measuring the effectiveness of that ad, right? You have That's no many people. The only thing you know are how many people subscribe to that magazine. Yeah. But you have no idea how many people actually looked at it, whether they gave a shit, um, whether they ever looked up your brand or followed up with it in any way. Whereas now it did all the digital marketing, whether it's through Facebook, Instagram, any other social platform, you know exactly how many people clicked on it, exactly how many people ended up on your website, exactly how many people ended up on that product and how many people bought that product. It's wild. Can so I tell you a marketing a, plan I have for this company? Such a powerful tool, yeah. Okay, I want to get uh, porn stars 
to go and do radio for free waters and all they wear to radio are the free water flip-flops and they give obviously the djs free waters hey guys i hope you guys enjoy these flip-flops you're gonna really like them and let the let the let them ask whatever they want to ask these porn stars let yeah. them do whatever they want hashtag hey, branded free flip. there's this porn star lisa ann who did press for one day and i've actually reached out to her and said hey if you ever want to be on my podcast she was doing press for one date in uh in levittown a strip club in levittown she's a porn star this woman got so much goddamn press because she was just fun and loose and that i actually thought about hiring her to do press for my next netflix special just going like hey whatever you do just do you right and just keep mentioning my special right because she got more press than comics that were releasing books that week and she was all, and all she was doing was trying to sell tickets in Levittown. Yeah, I saw her all. I saw her fucking everywhere. But keep going. So yeah, but so you're on it. Ads. But no, but you're on it, man. I mean, it's like just in meeting you and having you, you know, do some funny stuff about our brand is awesome because it's totally unexpected. You, you don't think flip flop comic, you know? And well, you gotta, I'm a lifestyle you, comedian. Right? That's yeah. my new branding. Right. <laughs> but you got to do something unexpected to get people's attention these days, and like. My my nature and my instinct has always kind of been more traditional. I'm kind of, yeah. you know, but um, Martin, my co-founder, he's you know he's been thinking that way for a while. Like, yo, man, like the only way you're gonna get anyone to pay attention to a sandal or even a shoe, like you gotta do something left field. You, you wh- whatever it is, whether it's a comedian or a porn star or a dog or I wanna whatever do, it is. I want to do. I want to do. I want Free Water to sponsor, not sponsor, but part of the marketing plan is we're gonna take a comedian and a pro surfer out surfing and 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 get a comedian out on the beach get a comedian out on the beach i think that would be really fun and, and not only that but it's like when you think about surfing I, I watch a lot of surfing videos yeah uh do you watch the world tour where they live broadcast no, the events no I'm that's not that they need it. no but they need you because they've Ooh. got they've got like the, the american and the aussie and it's cool because you've got like the american accent and the aussie accent and they're kind of yeah. like you know the the tandem duo and they're commenting but they're like ah oh, yeah mate he's just ripping this wave into shreds and you know yeah. like it but at the end of the day it's super boring yeah whereas if someone like you were up there just making they should fun do one of- with two comedians who don't know anything about serving yeah oh look at that oh <laughs> shut up that's have you ever heard dude i agree with you i agree a little bit of color commentary isn't bad but um but there's a lot of i think there's a lot of opportunities to to kind of brand yourself in 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 social media and in on youtube on a lot of things that i think that would i feel like if the brand brings you cool shit you appreciate the brand definitely i believe that but so back to the actual design and like what did you guys did you guys draw up five and be like all right top five right i think that's a no a little more we probably drew up our first product line was pretty small. We probably ended up with something like 20 sandals, you know? 20 different types of sandals? Um, no, I would say maybe less. Maybe eight men's and eight women's, and maybe each one came in a few colors. Same, same? Like, uh, you had a, like- no, some were similar. Some were quite different, gender-wise. Okay. And, you know, and we had probably started with two or three times that many and then whittled it down. And yeah, and, and that's the, that's the the typical design process is you might start off just hand sketching something, um, and then you go into the computer and you do it in some kind of. We typically use Adobe Illustrator because sandals are not 
that complicated to design. You don't have to do a bunch of 3D modeling or anything. Yeah. And the main thing you want to be able to do is adjust like colors and textures really quickly. And that's really easy to do in, in Illustrator. Yeah. Um, it's kind of a counterpart to, to Photoshop. Everyone knows Photoshop Illustrator is like the other side of, of that. But um, I can so, smell out a challenge. All you guys go with Adobe. Send me your design of flip flops. Yes. Tag Freewater, tag me. I'm dying to see your design your design of flip-flops i by the way i'm hoping for some remember when they had homer simpson design a car i love it i don't, Did you, you don't remember that hey type in homer simpson designs a car the car he made was fucking hilarious so if, i would love to see some That's i know so we got but along those lines like I want people to do this challenge you know why because everyone thinks everyone thinks oh flip-flop man that's the easiest thing to design in the world i i like to say designing a flip like it's like designing a golf cart yeah. Like you've got like you've got nothing to work with. Yeah. Right? You've got a bottom that you can't see once your foot's on it and this tiny little thing that goes over your foot. Whereas ver versus a car where you've got doors and windows and a roof, like a flip-flop's like a golf cart. Like try to design a nice golf cart. Yeah, I guess I'd probably be doing you know, exactly it's tough. what you're doing, yeah. It's tough, man. It's a good challenge. Yeah, guys, hit us up. <laughs> yeah, no, you maybe have a job. <laughs> <laughs> fucking all Definitely. of a sudden you're like if you these ass. are good designs <laughs> so so you design your eight for women eight for men yeah something like that and then and you go you have i know zane lamprey is a good friend of mine i'd love to get you get you and him together but zane's the guy he does uh he does uh youtube no never mind kickstarter j yeah jackets but yeah 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 so you go over to you go over to asia and then go i'm gonna go feel leathers for a week <laughs> yeah rub up on some leathers and just be like i like that i don't like that because uh, i yep, do like they've got leather huge choices. they've got huge binders of fabric swatches it's kind of like buying a couch you know i can i tell you it took me forever to buy this couch and i don't even like it i i, I it took me forever to buy a couch it takes me forever because i'm like i don't know maybe can i go back to the other one i would i would never be able to buy leathers i would make me yeah insane yeah but the process is the process is really cool, and it kind of goes like this: so you do, you drop the designs, you go over to Asia. You know, you can also make. There's a few domestic people that'll make flip flops, or you can do them in Latin America. You can, we chose Asia Asia because that's where all our connections were, and the quality there is fantastic. And you choose fabrics and rubbers and foams, and you choose like the durometer or the hardness of them. So you spec out everything. They make you your first sample. You look at it. You go, okay make some tweaks, make some tweaks. Um, and then eventually what we do is we create a sample that what we call a photo sample that we photograph, right? And we put that into a catalog and then we create what we call our sales samples, which is usually in the next round. So you maybe modify it one more time, make it a little better. You produce a small amount of samples that you're going to give to your sales team to go out and sell with, right? So this is for like traditional wholesale retail approach. Yeah. And we would have our sales agents go out and show Valsurf they show up with a catalog that's got photos of the photo samples with sizing and pricing and all the colors. And they show up with a bag full of the sales samples, which have got prototypes of all the stuff. And or they show up in an REI or wherever they might go. And they go, hey, here's the free waters line. What do you guys think? You know, will you will you bring this product in? And this and the lead time's long, right? Like you might go out in June, sell the stuff through the summer, you start manufacturing in the fall, winter, and you deliver it the next spring. Jesus. Yeah. And so what is what is the thing that, what was the thing you think that put you guys over the edge? Do you think it was, because I, I feel like it was your story. The story for sure. I feel the like product, this, the product too, like our product was legit, like yeah. right out the gate. 
Um, so I think it was the combination, but definitely like it's it's hard and for, that there's not many options when it comes to flip-flops there's not many options but it's very hard for even someone in retail to look at one flip-flop and look at another flip-flop and go wow yeah this one really way better than that one i can i, I totally yeah, can no you can't should be a fucking buyer but the average consumer can't do that at all they're just like my god all i see is black and brown you know and I, everything's a flip-flop i have no idea a um, lot of it's name recognition i think a lot yeah. of it people go Oh, Reef. Yeah. I know Reef. Yeah, it's like buying tires. Yeah. Oh, I had Goodyear's. I'm Goodyear. just going to stick with Goodyear. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of that. So the brand story definitely helped separate us and get us noticed for sure. But also the product, the designs were different than what were out there. Because yeah. we really felt like either some, either everything was like a basic leather or it was athletic at that time. Like, like the Reefs and, and that they were very, they looked very sporty, almost like a running shoe converted into a sandal. It did. And, and we didn't like those. I don't like those at all. Yeah. So we found a kind of niche in between um, for how the product looked. I don't want it. To, I don't want to flip that. That looks like you could play tennis in it. No, it shouldn't look like a race car. Or yeah. Or like, I, like the ones that are like sleeked back and right. you're like, and like flary. I don't want, it goes up your sides. Your, right. I don't want that. I want, I personally, I'm very picky, but once again, I grew up in Florida. So then you put out your first line yep. and you get, and then like you, you, you have like a, a, a post-mortem after the first year and you go, okay, what's sold and what didn't sell Yep. and what's sold better than anything. Exactly. But in the challenge, because of the long timeline, you don't oh, even get that fuck. first year. You got to start committing to the next year's line before you even know what's done well. Oh, shut up. Yeah. It's tough. So it really takes two years to figure out like what's doing well and what's not. So it's, a, it's a it's a it's a challenging game that way you know versus like software where oh you just update the software to version 2.678 and fix something and the next day you release it and you're good to go so you'd be like you'd be like okay almost like go to the, your local surf shops and be like look at your own line and be like wow that's going this seems to be selling quicker than the other ones right we should focus on that one correct and then this doesn't seem to be moving i wonder if we can do some tweaks to this yeah and then sell that one yeah <laughs> so you do Two years, at the end of two years, where do you find yourself? You're like, okay, this seems to be working. This doesn't seem to be working. Yep. We were able to identify which were kind of our core styles that were working. Yeah. And then everything else we would just scrap and try a bunch of new stuff. Okay. Yeah. So how many products out of that eight, you maybe came out with eight. How many of the products do you hold on to and how many do you scrap? Um, maybe you hold on like two or three. Yeah. Yeah. Two or three will be like your home run hitters that are really doing well, and the rest are kind of like, eh. Really? And so you just move on from those, and you experiment with new stuff, hoping to get like another home run that you can shift over into your home run. Until you set. have all home runs. Exactly. And then you're in the in the green. Now, what was what is the one? what's the one product that you've held on to since day one? Do you have that? We don't really. We had one called The Dude, which has gone up and down and morphed into different things, and now it's back again. It probably only disappeared for a year or two. It's um but the dude kind of a, hey, a reference up, pull up the dude i'll see if i own that one yeah um, um yeah and now we have one called the supreme which is similar to the dude but um this is our best-selling one now i have that which one's that is that the, it's, is that it's the, real the supreme one? i got that one yeah it's a really yeah. cushy bottom with just like a simple clean webbing top i think i have it's that one mine's like, might be a little more round yeah should have brought all my flip-flops yeah. in here yeah, it's a really comfortable flip flop. It is. It's really simple. Cushiony. It's really cushiony. It's it's funny. Like again with sandals, like you think, oh, it's easy to design a sandal. But one of the big challenges with flip flops is how do you create a sandal that 
you try it on right away and it's comfy like right out the gate the minute you try it on it's already squishy and comfy yeah but it lasts that's okay right? now we're getting to the problem with the dylan <laughs> so the dylan had to be when you you were talking about foams the problem had to be in the foam yeah the foam was what we made the foam was a little on the soft side i loved which that felt incredible yeah. And for some people, it lasted a month until it started like really, you lost that cushioning. Some people it lasted a year or two. It just depends how often you wear it, how hard you are on your flip flops. I'm pretty hard on flip flops. Yeah, look at those. These things. are actually new. I'm sure the wear and tear. Look, these are two different flip flops. You can tell these are older than these. So right. look at these. Um, this is. It's custom molded to your foot. Really? It's, that's what I loved. It said it was custom molded to your foot. And, and I mean, you can see where my big toe is. You can see the you can see the color of where my foot stands. Yeah, you can still see the free water emblem at the bottom. Like it's, <laughs> I hadn't worn that out. I loved the inside. This was a great call. The padding the on the padding inside. on the inside was oh, a really great call. That's nice because it, I didn't even notice it until a few months in. Like it wasn't immediate. But one of the things that I didn't like about Rainbow was that it was just leather. And if you didn't, and and by the way, if you if it was too small for your foot, you'd rip it sometimes. This gave a lot of, and, and dude, the most important part of a flip-flop, especially for anyone tactile, what do you call this part? Toe post. Toe post? <laughs> yeah. Bro, you bring it's me a It's a good, make or break, the toe post. Toe post? I have flip-flops. I wish I had brought all my flip-flops in here. I have flip-flops that I've bought that look cool, that are fucking horrible because the toe post, I feel like I'm getting, I feel like I'm getting sexually assaulted. It's The toe <laughs> it's post a, is so aggressive. It's prison aggressive. It's got to be like, 10 million little nerve endings in the in, in between your big toe and your second toe you need a great toe so when you design a toe post how, how do you come up with the toe post is it associated with this cu cushioning no it's it's a separate piece so it can be its own deal and it's a funny deal man our first year and our first product launch we were all about that we're like we're gonna create the most comfortable you know innovative toe post ever and we created on like a more of like a rubber style flip-flop like yeah. a pool flip-flop like a havaiana type style i we, think you had we, those right you had yeah, have those i bought those yeah we've always My had buddy those. tom hayslip put them on once in hawaii and i'll never wear them again i won't wear flip-flops that another man puts on his foot <laughs> i'd rather have you spit in my mouth than take it's my flip-flop yeah, i just posted that the other day i was like would you rather have that's not another man wear your flip-flop or spit in your mouth everyone's like spit in my mouth spit in my mouth <laughs> And so we tried to design this this custom molded rubber toe post that had two parts. One part that was harder on the back and a really soft, squishy, almost like a gel yeah. on the front. And we're like, we've we've solved. We are now the sandal kings. This thing is going to revolutionize the sandal world. And in the end, it was just too much. Like, it, it in the end, it wasn't as comfortable as we had hoped, and it was so complicated. Then in the end, like what most people want is just a really soft webbing, which is what, yeah. the, what you're, you're holding, that it kind of just disappears between your toes. And you, you don't, don't want to notice it. your toe post. No. If, you're if you notice your toe post, that flip-flop's dead you know, in the yeah. fucking water. Yeah. It's, it's, people, it's, people are going to walk away from this podcast being like highly educated on flip-flops. I now. hope they are. They can educate the people that work at the surf shops now. Did you, weigh, did you weigh your flip-flops at all and go like, yeah. they can't be too heavy? Yes, weight is crucial and you know you know the main thing is like there's the weight under your foot once you try them on yeah but even more important in many ways is the weight in your hand when you take them off the shelf and you feel them yeah it, it's a really cool kind of subconscious judgment that we all make about the quality of the flip-flop if it's too light it feels cheap right if it's too heavy you're like no the thing's a brick Dude, so there's a, there's this magic fucking, spot 
I picked up a kettlebell of a flip flop called an Olakai the other day. This thing was so fucking heavy. I go, are these meant to dance in? Like what? Like they're so fucking. I remember when Olakai showed up on the market and everyone's like, I saw them. They look so beautiful. But once again, you're talking about designing a, a golf cart because yeah. it doesn't matter what they look like. It's just, I said something the other day and I said something about flip-flops the other day to my friend and he goes, I just wear them to not get glass in my foot. And Olakai <laughs> has these beautiful designs on the inside that are so elaborate. And then you're like, it's just going, no one's going to see that but me. And if I wear, if they're good flip-flops, I'm going to darken all that in and it's going to be filled with dirt and it's not going to look attractive. Yeah. But they're the heaviest fucking shoes. And they're $115. Yeah. $115 for a pair of Olakai's. I got to be honest with you. I believe, and I, I, I think I've told you this, I believe Olakai are meant for rich white men who want to go to a nice restaurant but want to know that they're not they're not just wearing flip-flops. These are Ola guys. <laughs> they're guys that go to Hawaii and go, I want to get a pair of flip-flops. We're, we're in Hawaii. What kind of flip? Ooh, these have the hook from Moana. I'm going to throw those on my feet. <laughs> Honey, what do you think about these? Do they look good? I don't know. How much are they? $119? Those are good flip-flops. <laughs> it's like it's like if Polo teamed up with a fucking, with, with, with Reef and built Moana. A, it's like such a fucking... And I was an Olakai guy. I've got Olakai in my house. I bought, look, supporter of the company. Yep. I bought every flip-flop there is to fucking buy. And if I go in and I say, I've always wanted to be able to wear like uh, like Caligula flip-flops. Like, you know, like just leather. Be a purist. Yeah. A leather. A staple of right here. Like a, a like a, a just a post of, of gold, <laughs> a gold knot right here. And it's a flip-flop leather bottom. <laughs> Dude, they're so fucking uncomfortable. I got to be a comfortable in a flip-flop. It's the whole purpose of putting a flip-flop on oh, is you're overweight. You don't feel like bending over. You don't want to be carrying around fucking horseshoes. Olakai's feel like you have been shooed by a horse. They're so fucking heavy. By the way, don't even get me started on Reef because like Reef bothers me in the same way a comedian going, do you remember? Do you remember when you play Monopoly? Like, like... What's up with Radio Shack, huh? Like Radio Shack? Shack's in the title, everybody. It's a shack. Like, it's such a hacky flip-flop. Reef is, they started so high. And then what happened is some some corporate conglomerate, I guarantee you, swooped in, was like, we can do this quicker, faster, and for less money. Guys, first of all, I don't know why we are worried about quality. It's a fucking flip-flop, people. My job, and he's at slick back hair, and he's in a suit. Sir, have you ever worn a flip-flop? He's fired. Why would you ask me that question? Dude, I got, I have real strong feelings about flip-flops. I love it. I'm going to just sit here and be quiet and let you do that. That is fantastic. I'm sure they'll all hit me up and be like, yo, man, why all the hate about what's, Olakai? What's the hate? Nothing, no hate. It's just, it's like, I'll tell you right now, The Rock doesn't wear them, and he grew up in fucking Hawaii. Find out what's on the rock's foot. That's what we need to do. Find out what's on the rock's foot. We got to get rock, The Rock a pair of free waters. It's got to be a big foot, right? it's a big man i'm not i don't think you make his size i'm not joking he's six five if his foot looks like anything like his traps at all you're not gonna have a fucking that's that's where uh, we're, we're more than happy to customize something for okay someone of his stature everyone shout out to dwayne johnson let's get dwayne a pair of fucking flip-flops yeah so um so then we'll get back to the reason this all started is I fell in love with these flip-flops. These, how did the Dylan do initially? When did you start making them? Obviously before 2014. Yes. 
I don't remember exactly. It was probably 2012, 2013, somewhere 2012, in there. 2012, you make the Dylan. You do the you do the 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 the, the soft foam bubble. in the mid layer and the soft bubble on the bottom, which feels incredible in the beginning. Oh, you know, was it and we ever. and and we and that's what it was, man. We had love hate with the Dylan, right? Like we had people like you that are like, "This is the best sandal you guys have ever made. This is all I want." And then we had other people that are like, "Yo, man, cool sandal. I've been wearing about a month. The thing's like done." And so we looked at it and we're like, I just write back, lose weight. (laughs) Yeah. It's you, not us. Yeah, we needed you back. By the way, I'm fucking overweight and I love these things. Yeah. But they do, you're right. They do break in, or as I call it, I call it earning a flip flop. Like you earn it and it becomes your foot. And then all of a sudden you put it on, you don't even feel like you have flip flops on. You find find yourself in a podcast playing with it with your foot. And and your and your foot finds its natural grooves. Yeah, it's it really deco- becomes an extension of your leisure. <laughs> you, want, you want to know a funny little side story? Please. I don't think I actually wore a flip flop until I was eighteen, because <laughs> I grew up in Northern California. Yeah. And especially it's not back weather. no, and back then like people weren't surf culture wasn't as pervasive as it is now. Like now you go up there, everyone's wearing flip flops. But back then, man, it was like Tevas. Yeah, oh. you know, or Birkenstocks. Is that how you say it? Tevas. Yeah, I say Tevas. Well, it's I think it's Hebrew, right? It's Teva means um, na- I'm sorry. nature. I'm sorry. <laughs> they're a fucking Jewish company. Like they're hold I, on. I don't, don't. What kind? I'm calling Ari right now. Te- Teva is a fucking shout out to active Jews. What? Since when were Jews? Are you Jewish? Of course, man. Shut the fuck up. My best friend Ari is fucking. <laughs> one of the most active human beings i gotta get him in a pair uh, of Ari who? Ari shafir you don't know him we're all related though yeah he's well he's definitely part of the chosen people he was acidic <laughs> wait do some research halston find out if teva i would by the way that's i think a, that's the original something. founder might i don't know um you know they've been bought since then so it's not like that anymore but anyway when, i remember when so te- i grew I up called them tevas i remember when tevas came out yeah i, I think most school. people call them tevas because yeah. most people aren't but as, that as versed the, in hebrew as us but um Tevis. so then i go to college at uc santa barbara right and uh type in oh, teva type in teva's jewish or teva's original founder yeah um by the way we're gonna get some alt-right website that's like uh as a matter of fact majority of single school shooters right. mark thatcher oh Unless he changed his last name. No, yeah. yeah. I don't, but I, I bet that's not him. I bet, Halston, you do the research. We're going to talk. Yeah. So, anyway, it's just hilarious, right? That I go to college at UC Santa Barbara and I get, I show up down there in my Tevas and quickly make friends with some guys from San Diego County that were up there. And they were like, yo, man, like, we like you and everything. And we want to, like, smoke this bong with you. But, yo, like, the, the Tevas got, like, you can't wear those in our room. This is in the <laughs> dorms. You know what I mean? Like, Yo, you got to lose those things. So they hit me to the game. I was like, oh, well, what? And they're like, uh, you know, get yourself some rainbows, get yourself something, but some Havaianas, you can't be wearing those around yeah. here. And that was like my introduction to legit flip-flops. Pretty fun. Havaianas are a really interesting flip-flop. I wonder what their cost is. They got to be cheap to make, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. But man, those are interesting because when you see a guy in old Havaianas, you're like, oh, that guy relaxes a lot. Yeah. Like that's a guy who... He rides his bike in those. He skates boards in those. He rode a motorcycle in those. (laughs) Havaianas is a really interesting brand. I can't wear them. I have tactile issues. So like certain textures will freak me out. 
I have a hard time wearing T. I'll say Tevas, but I have a hard time wearing Tevas unless I'm camping. But even still camping, I wore these. We went camping in Alabama. I wore these yeah. all day by the fireplace. But when we went in the water, I threw on a pair of Tevas because I know that I'll lose one of these yeah. in the water. A lot of people think when they go camping, they need some kind of, you know, full on. We call it a cage sandal, right? Where your foot's like caged in cage with like sandal. multiple straps. Bro, um, bro, but- bro. Definitely something you want to throw out this summer in conversation. Nice cage sandal. <laughs> yeah. Just throw that out in conversation at a fucking cookout. Cool cage sandal. Huh? Yeah. What? I prefer mine not to be caught by the Trump administration. Mine's a free range sandal. <laughs> but to your point actually what you want a lot of times is just something to cruise around easy and that you can kick on and off in and out of the tent right and you can actually scurry up some pretty good stuff in just a basic flip-flop i will i will give you this compliment what i like about these these exact ones these the dylan is when you are and i have been uh recently we were over in la jolla and i was on these when we were scurrying over rocks what i find with these is they and I know that people had complaints that, of, that they were too thin, but they really do contour to the rock to so you protect can feel, your foot. You can feel the rock. Yeah. I, and I love that about these flip-flops. But so, <coughs> so you make the Dylan in 2012, 2013. Yeah. They perform well, but you get, you get feedback. Yeah. Feedback from the surf shops or is it online? Yeah. No, um, I would say it's mostly we hear like from our sales guys, right? Because they'll be out in different parts of the country and they get a lot of feedback from the shops. We definitely get feedback direct from customers like wanting to send them back or get them replaced or, really? or whatever it might be. Like, hey, like bought you these, Fuck. loved them, but they only lasted me three what months, you know? What kind of fucking person? That's the same person that returns a tomato that went bad. <laughs> fucking just go buy a new pair, bro. Like, what the Fuck. <laughs> And so, um, yeah. And so, like you said, we we were like, all right, let's go, let's go to the next evolution of it. Let's make it a little firmer. We ended up changing the leather color a little bit. We changed the bottom so it lasted longer. And then it became the next evolution, which I think was I have those the open country, or there might have been one in between. But essentially, what we have now is called the open country, which is like our is our best selling style. Um, the one uh, no the I, new version of the Dylan. I have yeah. to, I, I have those. Or it's a light brown. Yeah, I have those. The only problem I have with light brown is they get dirty quicker. Yeah, um, but I, that, it's a really comfortable sh- flip flop, and I, I found myself wearing those more often than not. But now, when you just out of curiosity, when you changed the foam and the rubber, did you how much higher a percentage did you go? Did you go like like they're like, well, we can bump it up one. You're like, well, bump it up ten. We want yeah. to last a little longer. You know, I, shit, I don't know because that's really Martin's forte. Really? Yeah, it's it's called they call it asker, which is a, a way they they basically take this pressure gauge and push on the foam. Yeah. Um, and like I think a, a change of even just five in asker is a big change in in firmness. I'd have to ask him, but I, if I had to guess, we may, maybe made it like 30 percent stiffer. Really? Yeah. So that you still comfortable and soft but it lasts long enough to where people are happy yeah i wonder it's a delicate balance it's a delicate balance because i wonder if you just didn't reach a big enough market to find i wonder if sometimes you listen you listen to the complainers more than the people that liked it dude i think you're making a great point because you know a lot of people love to complain yep and especially those are the ones you hear from anyone who's gonna send a flip-flop back i would never listen to them about anything (laughs) ever I'd be like, I'm sorry, you're someone who packed up your flip-flops 
and and mailed them to a company to get a new pair. You're you're dead to me. I like I'm, I that's like I'll I'll appreciate if any someone comes up up to me after a show with a comment like but but cool. But if someone loses their shit on me after a comedy show like and it's happened, I just go yeah. But you're also the person that's shaking, talking to me, really upset about a joke that everyone laughed at and you didn't. I kind of got to write you off as to like you're an outlier. You don't belong. Right. Maybe comedy's not your thing. Like maybe yeah. you should go find like a really heartfelt foreign film to watch. Right. Chuck and Buck's a good movie. Go watch that. <laughs> like, like I, I, you're not from my thing. Dude, not say you can't take criticism. No, I think you're making a great point. I think it applies to any business, right? Because the the squeaky people out there are going to make the most noise. But are they necessarily the ones you should be listening to? Yeah. Yeah, I guess sometimes, especially if it's your own sales team going. You know, we've getting some feedback back. Right. But I will tell you. <laughs> I mean, there's, I, I'm, I, I don't own four for no reason. Yeah. Like I, it's just the greatest fucking flip flop. No, we're, before we get into my heartfelt plea to bring the Dylan back, which <laughs> what real quick, what's a bottom line you got to sell on these Dylans to make it a reasonable reason to bring them back? Like how many, if you sold a hundred thousand pairs of flip flops, would that be oh. good? Oh, we're we're flying high. I'm right. I'm bringing over like kilos and kilos of weed for you if that happens. No, um, even like five thousand, ten thousand would be good. Good. Start. Tall, you got to sell for me to bring these back. Yeah, bro. Road, bro. I'll sell five thousand in Chicago. <laughs> can we? Can I? Can we bring this 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 flip flop back and then set up a flip flop stand at my merch table I so people can idea. buy flip flops? I love that idea. I think it suits you perfectly. It's, dude, and these are these are back po- back pocket flip flops. You could throw them in your back pocket all night long, walk around, and then at the end of the night, go fuck it. Kicks are coming off. I'm going flip flops, baby. <laughs> I want you to show up to my shoes, my show shoeless i want people showing up to my shows shoeless to buy their flip-flops i want you to call me going i can't believe what you're doing for a fucking flip-flop brand i'm so i i i have obviously i think this is a lot more complicated this is the problem with me is i have great ideas and then they're like they're like yeah it's a little more complicated than that bird i'm like right. oh not in my book <laughs> um we got to try that at least try it once see what happens uh let's do it in los angeles yeah perfect because i can it. just drive up yeah let's, i'm at the ace I'm doing two shows at the Ace, um, September 13th. Okay. Let's do it in Los Angeles. That'd be fantastic, man. I don't know. How long was that? What's the, how well, was the, I don't know if I can do the Dillons by then. Well, obviously, right. that's what we're talking about. Oh, how long yeah. does it take to make the Dillons? If we, if you, you already have the, the setup. We do. Um, how long would it take to make? It would probably take a minimum of three months. Might take a little longer. Can we have them by Christmas? Yeah, that, that, I think that's doable. Could we have it by Christmas? That's not the best time to be selling flip-flops. <laughs> not to my fans. Yeah. My fans, there's no thought process in our purchases. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding? We let's buy things for, on a whim. Let's shoot for that. <laughs> Should we shoot for Christmas? Yeah. I'll be off tour then. Either that or early spring, because that that's good sandal season. But it's, it's so far out that I, I think we're going to lose people's interest. They'll be like, oh, yeah, whatever happened to that flip-flop? Yeah. Um. How long? How quick? How quick would be the turnaround on one pair? 
<laughs> you like how I yeah once over just yeah. maybe a size twelve yeah would you be what's the turnaround on that do you like how I just went from every one of my show going yeah I can't wait to get these flip flops I go fuck these guys just me just me do you see people wearing flip flops to your shows no nah, I don't see it but I don't look at people's feet <laughs> that's true to be honest with it's you a hard in the spotlight I don't I don't see people wearing flip flops to my shows but I do I am doing here's what here's what I would like I would like to do a long tail of this and get. I'm sure I'm doing a fucking, I don't know what my tour schedules look like. Let me see. I think it's, see if it's in my calendar. I'm on tour until November 23rd in Cleveland. Okay. Uh, I then start up. Why isn't it in my fucking calendar? <laughs> fucking so goddamn frustrating sometimes. Um, I start up again, I think in January. I, I'm not supposed to be saying this out loud. But I think I start up again in January. Um, it would be, I guess, a flip-flop in the winter is a tough sale. Yeah. But yeah. not really. No, I mean, I think I'm going to go back to the office tomorrow and be like, good morning, everybody. How quick can we turn out? I guarantee you, I, just wrote, I guarantee you online, I guarantee you I could sell, I, without a doubt, I bet we could probably move 5,000 flip-flops just online orders. Yeah. I think there's a lot of people that are, would be like, I'm just curious about this fucking flip-flop. <laughs> and then I think there's also, my, my thing is I don't, I really don't want to just sell one flip-flop for you. I want people to meet your brand. Yeah. Because I bought a pair of canvas strapped ones yesterday and I wore them around all day yesterday going, God, these are really comfortable. The leather on the, on the foot, on the sole is really fantastic. Nice. I really kind of want to go into your R&D and 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 design my own flip-flop that would be fun and be like here's all the things i like but base it just like oh, god damn it i just love this flip-flop so much <laughs> and you you got in my head when you're like yeah we had to discontinue them because people were complaining i started going and what am i not noticing you ever like you ever like you ever date a chick and then you find out your buddy dated her and you're like hey why did you break up with her and he's like i don't want to bring it up it'll get in your head and you're like fuck what is it and he's like i don't know look at her ankles and you're like god damn it i was in love with her and said you still you said look at her ankles oh, man. um yeah go, go back tomorrow yeah and see what see what the the quickest we can make a flip-flop yeah yep who is that cat with the watermelons that smashed the watermelons it's uh, uh gallagher yeah gallagher i'm gonna gallagher i'm gonna put a dylan on the table <laughs> just sledgehammer at Gallagher. <laughs> guys, guys, we're partnering with a comedian. <laughs> we're moving Dylan's. We're bringing it back. Baby. I think I, I ideally what I'd love is ideally what I'd love is to have a, I want to, I'm, I've talked to my wife about this. We're taking this podcast a little bigger. Uh, we're, we're um, getting a different space for the podcast and it's going to be a little, a little nicer and, want to put more money into it what i'd love to do is every time someone does a podcast give them a care package of shit i dig so that they dig also so That's like cool. so ideally someone would kind of like moshe and natasha would come on the podcast and then i could be like oh uh you know i, I have you tried because moshe is a big surfer have you tried this flip-flop it's my favorite flip-flop it's like an oprah kind of way hey do you I, like i love candied jalapenos i really do love candy jalapenos and i don't think enough people know about them and and bill burr was just shitting on him the other day online on the same day i am making candied jalapenos and so you put in some candy jalapenos yeah uh rachel ray did that to me it was one of the most amazing things that i'd ever 
experienced because she called me and said, hey, I'm doing this segment. It's about the shit I love. And there's this place I love in upstate New York. And I would love for you to go and do the interview. And then um, and then we're going to get, we're going to uh, like, it'll be, it'll be, but it's all about things I love. So I yeah. love, I love Rachel. So I was like, yeah. yeah, of course. I had a dream about her last night, oddly enough. So I flew out to upstate New York and I did one segment in the smokehouse. I forget the name of the smokehouse. Um, but I did one segment. Can you look up the name of the smokehouse I did for Rachel Ray? Because it's important to this story because I did this at this smokehouse and I got done and I flew home and Rachel sent me a care package of all the shit she liked. And in it was this white cheddar cheese and this Oscars. It's Oscars Smokehouse in upstate New York. Oscar makes this mustard. Google Oscars mustard. Dude, <laughs> I swear to all my children, it's better than pussy. It is so, this mustard is so fucking good that I would get excited when people came over and I would is spoon it out and go, you got to try this more than mustard. Oscar's smoke more than mustard. Wow. It is the greatest mustard I've ever had in my life. I would have it on. My mouth is watering right now. <laughs> I, it is such a great mustard, especially on this smoked white cheddar cheese Oscar had. And people, I would get excited to let them be like, this is fucking good. I go. Yeah. And then, of course, you know me, I have a story behind everything. Rachel Ray sent me up to in New York right. to go visit Oscar. Oscar's a good guy, you know? Oh, but like, I would love it's to. It's all about the sauce, man. Yeah. That place we were at today, um, this Taiwanese place in, in um, Silver Lake, it's all about the sauces. Dude. Any good Thai place, it's all about the sauces. There's a salsa that we were in New Mexico. We went training with Greg Jackson. I wonder if Greg Jackson knows it. I wonder if Shab knows this place. We went to a place to have Mexican food, and their salsa was so good, I bought a case of them. I bought a case. I said, do you guys sell the salsa here? And they said, we do. I said, I want a case. I gave everyone in my crew one, and I said, this is the best salsa I've ever had. I then, my wife for Christmas gave me a case of the salsa for myself, Dude, I love breaking oh. it out. It's the best salsa. It's such That's a good money. fucking salsa. And on a good chip, mm. forget about My it. My mouth is fucking do you, watering. Do you like Korean barbecue? I love Korean barbecue. Okay, so Martin, my co-founder, is Korean. Yeah. And when I saw him yesterday before I drew up, drew up here, the last thing he said before I walked out the door of the office, he's like, by the way, by the way, tell Bert, everything's cool on the podcast. Nothing bad happens. He doesn't hurt you and everything's cool. I'm taking out for Korean barbecue. The legit one, like here in K Town, I the the one where you got to be Korean. To you got to be Korean. You got to go through like four different doors and be Korean at each door. I went there with. They let I you went in. there That's with the Roy one he Choi. wants to take you in. I went there with Roy Choi. Yeah, Roy Choi created Kogi Taco Trucks. He oh, yeah. revolutionized taco yeah, trucks. Yeah. Oh man, he, they live next door to us, and he was like, "You want to go see go to Korean barbecue?" <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah." And we walked yeah. in. No one spoke English, <laughs> and I was useless without him. I was like, "This is so fucked up." I was like, "If I brought you to a place with no one even made eye contact with you because you're white, like they literally like, yeah, whatever that guy wants. What do you need, Roy?" And then he just ordered for all of us. Do the fucking best food in the world. Yep. Tell Martin I'm taking him up on that. Oh yeah. No. Tell Martin I'm taking. Tell. Let's go. Let's go. Let's. Go to the office, take some time. I'm home for a month. Okay. And then let's me, you, and Martin sit down and talk and see what we can come up with. Because I really believe, I believe in good products. And you're the first product that's ever talked back to me. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I really think there's big things to happen. I think, I think there's a lot of people that aren't wearing flip-flops because they just don't know anything about flip-flops. Right. No, it's cool, man. I mean, clearly you grew up wearing flip-flops. You're passionate about, you understand it. It'd be fun to have you down there and like do some R&D with us. Like, 
hey, oh. let's bring back the lemon, but maybe you've got ideas on how to make it even better, or maybe we bring it back exactly the way it was. Yeah, with like a little little branding, like the machine right here. Yeah, maybe there's just like a product. a naked Bert upper upper body stamped into the heel. God, I'm just I'm I'm thinking of all the possibilities. My mind's going crazy. <laughs> So now tell me real quick before we end this, I want to know where, what's the future? Where do you see the future of flip-flops going? Do you see trends in the market? I know you guys yeah. have, I've, I've been on site. I know you guys are doing shoes, but you're also doing flip-flops with a strap on top, yeah. which I don't have. And I would love to fuck. I, yeah. I, I can only go out to REI to get them. Yeah. I saw so them at REI, REI and I almost bought them. Yeah. Not even knowing they were free water. Yeah. REI has been an amazing partner for us. That's a great fucking partner Dude, to have. I'm so the, excited. The, we work with the them. green vest. <laughs> Do you realize we can get what sponsor a the podcast. big swinging dick I would be <laughs> if I worked for you guys? I would walk into REI like, Burkreiser, free waters? Like, huh? Where are our free waters? I'd be rearranging the display. Can I talk to the sales team over here? Guys, we want to be front and center. Fuck Tebas, okay? That's 1980s shit. We're 2000 motherfuckers. Oh. I'm ready to retire. You're going to take my job. It's been fantastic. Dude, I, I um, just want to help. I just want to help. I want to, I just. I just really want that. Yeah. So no, go back. No, but to your point, what's cool is there's a couple things that happen that are really cool, especially for us as a footwear brand. The first thing happened is like starting about 15 years ago, about 15, I would say 15 years ago, if you were a surfer, you looked nothing like the cat that was rock climbing in Yosemite. You wore different stuff. You li listened to different music. You hung out with different people. Like those were two completely different worlds. Now those worlds are those walls have completely come down. You're basically the same person, yeah. right? You've got Vulcan pants on and a Patagonia shirt on. You're surfing in the morning. You're going out and camping or, or rock climbing in the afternoon. And I would say beyond just surfing outdoor, like all those walls have come down. Um, and so suddenly now a flip-flop brand that might've only appealed to one group appeals to everybody. And so when we started, we were definitely more beach surf oriented. Yeah. And then within the first couple of years, we definitely, as those walls came down, we migrated more into surf and outdoor and REI came out in a partner as a partner. And now over the last, last few years, what we've really seen is like where we see a big opportunity for us is around travel, right? Cause travel really encompasses everything, right? Uh, it, uh, hate to throw in my expertise here, but right. I worked for travel channel for nine years. My wife will say it was six. It was fucking nine. Keep going. <laughs> so, yeah. And so, um, so that's really, so there's so much opportunity now because I think just with Instagram and everything, like everyone's so excited to travel to all these beautiful remote exotic places. Travel's exploded for this, for this country. Yeah. And, um, and if you're traveling, you need at least one pair of flip-flops in your bag, maybe two, depending on what you're doing. And then the other thing that's happening that I know you see, which is, I think, which I love is like, I call it like the sweatpants effect where everyone wants to be comfortable as fuck. Yes. Even when they're going to like a five-star dinner, like you can, now it's okay. You can show up to a five-star dinner in like fancy sweatpants. And so what it's kind of this comfort. Everyone wants to be comfortable. You still want to be stylish. And so now they've figured out ways to make sweatpants like stylish. Dude, right? There's a company we pair with that makes nursing outfits. Carlson, you remember the name of this company? We've done reads for them. Um, and they sent me, they make nurse, really make nursing healthcare clothes yeah. for healthcare professionals. Like smocks. No, like, uh, uh, like, like, a, like a nursing clothes used to be like a doctor's smock, you know, like yeah. just a top and a bottom and they were like pajamas. Now they're making like legit, comfortable, stylish nursing pants. But I put on a pair the other day and I warmed to dinner. 
They're yeah. nice looking. I know yeah. what you're saying. I yeah. agree. Yeah. Yeah. And everything's stretch, you know, even for guys now, like stretchy jeans and stretchy shirts. So Figs is the name of the company. Yeah. It's a great sponsor. So that's really cool for us too. Like there's so much opportunity there that like just as a culture, we want to be casual and really comfortable, but still kind of styly. That's like right where we're at. That's great. That's great. What um and the ones that have the hitch over the top, those flip-flops that have the like the little stra- extra strap. Extra strap, the trifecta. The trifecta. Yeah, that's interesting because it's it's like a, a basic flip flop that you slide into, but then there's instead of being a cage, not a full cage, yeah. it's a half cage where you just adjust one additional strap over your foot, which kind of allows you to like lock it down and adjust the amount of flipping or flopping that you may want or not want depending on They're what like you're doing. Like BDSM flip flops, you decide what cage you want to be in, <laughs> yeah. and you have a safe word. You're like unlock, <laughs> unlock unstrap yeah <laughs> so yeah so i think between that and then you know with the water project stuff too i think people want to do they want to do good shit they want to help and this is it's an easy way i think when people go choice a just a product choice b also a really good product that actually does good shit in the world i go choice b people want to yeah. do that now even if it costs me a few bucks more i have so many fucking ideas i'm teeming with ideas so what's our next step you go back to the office. Yep. We'll see how quick we can get. I'm going to throw a Dylan through the window. See, yeah, see, then, see how quick we turn around product. Yeah. Um, I would love. We're definitely going to do some Korean barbecue. We'll do Korean barbecue, me and Martin and up here. We'll, I, we'll, do, we'll do it within the month because I would love to talk to you guys before I leave. Okay. So once I got them, I'm fucking kind of gone. Okay. I'd love to have you guys. I know I, I, I we extended an invite to the. Kabu show i'm doing in san diego you're more than oh man that'd be so fun yeah because i know you're down there but um but we are doing shows at the ace hotel i wonder i wish i was i usually i used to just perform in flip-flops i wish i still did but it would be a little forced right now yeah because i've already had my shirt off and everyone's like jesus christ you're literally one article of clothing away from being naked no it's cool you could just rock the hat yeah it's dude it's a great hat it fits my head i don't hats like this trucker hats never fit my head so I have a size eight. Yeah. Hence, hence my connection with uh, with the, these guys. But this fits my fucking head. This is going to be a great. Uh... <laughs> so we're halfway there to bringing back the Dylan. We're halfway there. <laughs> yeah. You'll do the you'll do you'll do the work on your side. I've done my side. I'm so close. I feel like we're so close. <laughs> and then dream scenario. Tell me your dream scenario. I'll tell you my dream scenario. Okay. Dream scenario. Let's see. Two years from now, yeah, the Dylan is a household name. I oh, mean, oh my god, right? Which means I'm, I'm talking a household fucking name, like Vitamix. Which means keep going. You got like Vitamix, and then you got the Dylan. Yeah, you feel me? Yeah, I do. Yeah, you want to hear my dream scenario? Yeah, me and you are finishing a joint in the back of a limousine pulling up to LAX. Car stops. We get out. Bill Burr and Tom Segura are waiting for us. They're wearing flip-flops. They're wearing the <laughs> Dylan, obviously. <laughs> Tom's like, you guys made it. I thought you guys weren't going to make it. And we're like, no, no, no. And they go, where's Joe Coy? I go, he's not here yet. Joe Coy comes running up from the side. You mother. He's wearing Dylan's too. I can't believe we're about to take a trip to Haiti, Kenya, and <laughs> the Philippines together to promote clean drinking water. And Bill goes, no, I really appreciate you guys doing this? I'm gonna fly us there in a helicopter. <laughs> this dream is stretching out; it's spinning out of control. Cut to 
We're in the Philippines doing a live show in our Dillons. I'm shirtless with some shirts on. Sold out arena. Manny Pacquiao comes on stage, says in broken English, I want to help. How do I help? And we go, all you have to do is help bring the Dylan to the Philippines. He was like, I think that's a lot of ask because we don't have a lot of money here. And I mean, I don't know if we're going to spend our money on flip flops considering we make our own down here. (laughs) My dream is my dream is to, is to make the Dylan a household name is to, is when people to put on a flip flop to go, my dream is next summer for a guy from Cleveland, Ohio to be in Clearwater beach with his wife and kids on their vacation and they get drag him to the surf shop and he steps in the surf shop and they're all looking at clothes. She says, honey, should you get a bathing suit? And he's like, see if they make a 42. She's like, I don't see a 42. He's like, I'm fine in what I have. Okay. <laughs> she goes, honey, do you need a sun hat? And he was like, no, I'm wearing my fucking Indians hat. I told you I'm wearing my fucking Indians hat. She goes, honey, they've got, they've got Yeti drinks. Therma says, he goes, I kill my drinks fast. Leave me the fuck alone. Get this over with. Honey, do you need flip-flops? And for that guy to go, hang on one second. Hey, did you guys carry free waters? And she goes, actually, we just started carrying free waters this past January. And he mm-hmm. goes, do you guys have the, and she goes, the men's Dylan. Brown size 12. Brown size 12. And he goes, how did you know? And she goes, that's all anyone asks for these days. <laughs> The men's Dylan size 12. And he goes, do you have any? And she's like, I'll go check in the back. And I want that guy's heart to race a little bit going, I got to try the, I hope they have them. I'm going to fucking buy these flip-flops. And her to come back and she goes, I got one more pair. And him to put them on and go, God damn it, these are comfortable flip-flops. And then that night, he puts on a pair of khakis and a collared shirt. And she goes, honey, are you going to wear your penny loafers? And he goes, nah, I think I'm wearing my men's Dylan size 12s. And he goes out to dinner, never had dinner in his life in flip-flops, and is enjoying a cocktail, and under the table is playing with his flip-flops the way I play with my flip-flops. That is my fucking dream. Can someone please animate that? I love it. As the sun sets. Someone animate that for me. (laughs) That's fantastic, Um, I really appreciate you doing this. I'm telling you right now, there's not a lot of people that own multi-million dollar companies that would come fuck around with me on a podcast for an hour and a half. I, I really appreciate how cool you guys have been on social media. Yeah. So I think I, when I initially came at you guys, it was a little aggressive, <laughs> but I'm a fan. I'm no, a fan. It's cool, man. I love what you guys do. We love it too. And you got our attention and thank you for having us. It was super fun. No, this has been great. Um, I love your man cave. Oh, you got yeah. a great setup here, dude. A, I'm not going to describe to everybody exactly what you got going on here. Cause if they knew, oh, they, it's they'd be fucking, jealous. Dude, I'm a man leisure. I got golf clubs. I got my scuba shit. I got my, my Cannondale. I got my climbing gear. You're right. The same guy that the only thing I don't have in here is a surfboard. I almost bought one today. Yeah. I literally almost bought a surfboard and was like, I think we can help you in that department. Let's, we should, uh, let's just start with Korean food. I would love to push you into a wave. You wearing the Dillons, of course. (laughs) And nothing else. (laughs) Dude, that's where we start. We get porn stars learn how to surf naked. That'll go viral as fuck. We'll damn Blazarian this bitch out. Will turn you into a whore, like a real man whore. Short shorts with Dylan's. You know, are you a fan of Dan Blazarians? I'm not. I know, of course, I know who. Oh he is. God, let's create a character. Let's create a character that only people on this podcast know, and he's the guy that owns. We'll get. We'll we'll hire a guy who's gorgeous, and then we'll hire a bunch of models, and we'll just do one campaign of the guy that owns Free Waters. I know what his name should be. What, Dylan? 
That's the perfect way to end this podcast. <laughs> I don't want to speak after that. Uh, I love you guys. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you coming. Thank you for having me. Guys, have a great week. I love you. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.